Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Always Almost There, a Goose podcast series by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. I'm Neil. And I'm Brian, a.k.a. Jive Goose. I'm Danny. I'm especially Kev. And I'm Ryan. The five of us are back together today to recap Goose's 2023 summer tour. It always feels really exciting uh, when we get together like this. You know, now it happens once every couple of months, and it's just like, you know, ready to sit down for like seven hours and talk about Goose. It's going to be fun. Getting the band back together. Oh, yeah. We're here. We're going to talk about Goose. Uh, I'm really excited to dive into this tour. There's a lot, you know, good jams, good shows. A lot has happened since our last episode. Uh, you know, we've been doing day after shows still. Obviously, everyone, please continue to tune in at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, the day after every Goose show, uh, as we talk about it uh, with guests. Uh, but we're going to go through here each of the shows, starting with Summer Camp Festival and going all the way through Levitate just a few weeks ago. You know, with our usual nonsense as well. Uh, but anyone else have anything before we dive in? Yeah, it's I mean, it's summertime. It's hot. Shows a lot are of goodness hot. to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Before we begin, for sure, there were some pretty monumental shows that happened this summer. There was a return to summer camp, which is pretty exciting for the band, and that's what mm -hmm. kicks off the tour. And we have them playing the biggest show that they ever played. So this is really exciting stuff to talk about this music. And yeah. all kinds of good stuff in between. Finally did Resonance after many tries. So we've got that to talk about. We've got sit-ins to talk about. We've got all kinds of things. This is really exciting stuff. We've got Burt Kreischer to talk about. Oof. We've got Burt Kreischer intros to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So kicking off the summer on May 26th, 2023, from Summer Camp Festival in Chillicothe, I believe is how it's pronounced, Illinois. You're the Midwestern guy. I know. I know. Kevin would actually know probably even better with his Illinois. Uh, no, no. But um, so <laughs> last summer camp here. I, I think it's actually Chilicote. I think that's it, actually. It's a, yep. just like it's Milwaukee, you know. So. Correct. 
Um, yeah, but breezing right through it, uh, you know, you know, we, we let it off with a festival. So we're kind of getting into the swing of things here. First set, we got turbulence to open followed by, uh, Katie's favorite California magic echo of a rose silver rising, and then a set closing animal and set two picked it up a bit with thatch hunger site and everyone's favorite mid set seekers one and two followed by creatures and Madhuvan. T to be fair, I thought like set two had some good stuff. Thatch, Hunger Sight, great little pair to open. Um, I like the Turbulence call to open the show uh, for set one. California Magic feels appropriate, sort of a, you know, sunset afternoon or sort of early evenings mm -hmm. festival set spot on. Um, yeah, it was good. I think it's just sort of getting into the flow of things. Yeah, it, it was amazing you know, energy there. A lot of people you could tell seeing their first uh, goose show, you know, summer camp's a pretty big festival um, and goose's time slot, you know, they had two sets, you know, they, they played a 60 minute set and then Mo played one set on a different stage and then goose played another 75 minutes right after. So you could, you know, there were a lot of people going back and forth, but they, they drew a pretty sizable crowd, uh, which was cool. You know, one of the, being one of the headliners after their, their previous performance at summer camp in 2019, being in the small soul shine tent and they, you know, their, their set got like half rained out, which was really interesting. But this one, you know, the weather was great except for the insane amount of dust in the air, but you know, Oof, that, yeah. yeah, these things happen. And yeah, this was fun. Echo in the first set was really solid, but the thatch is the real star of the show. You know, the, this is one of my favorite versions of the song they've played. Peter just really getting it in on the clav. Clav tweets were attempted. Um, I think the only tweet that actually made it through the entire show because the signal was terrible there was a clav tweet. Um, so it might not be, it might way. not have been the right one, but it was one. <laughs> yeah, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> it Thank came God. through. Um, and you know, mid second set seekers kind of screwed up the momentum a little bit you know they were really on fire after thatch and hunger site but you know they they love them as second set seekers well the problem is of course i think look at the two songs that follow seekers right we can mm -hmm. kind of say let's just play four songs you know but i get it with the festival obviously where it's positioned not not my favorite but hey i get it uh we like seekers too but then we're rushing through a creatures in a Madhavan. That's just sort of it, it, stuff. And I think that was a theme. We saw a couple of shorter versions of some of those bigger tracks, obviously, especially yeah. in festivals. But um, even some of the other shows where they're kind of closing a show with a Madhavan for 10 minutes and it, it's hard. It just doesn't let the song breathe. Um, but overall, I thought this was a good festival set. So I, I just want to say like this Madhavan <laughs> that they played in the second set was not a proper apology for what happened in Chicago the last time they were there. This is like close right. enough, right? We're just getting like two short ones. abbreviated <laughs> Madavans. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, it feels like mean. Like they're just being mean to the folks out there in Illinois. I don't know. But, you know, before I pass this one off, I do want to talk a little bit about that thatch because it is a good one. It's one of the better ones they've ever played. It's only the second one, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong, that was over 20 minutes long, yeah. right? After San Francisco. So, I mean, it's a good one to dig into. It's got, you know, a lot of cool, cool parts to it. They actually start the this That's All theme, Earworm, that starts right in this thatch and then kind of stays with the band throughout this whole festival run, which there isn't like much to talk about, but you can kind of thread together this festival run with like a little bit of 
this Genesis vibe that shows up throughout. But this one gets really cool, at least at one point where they kind of build this that's all theme. And then Peter does something with the clav. Ryan, correct me if it's not the clav, but it almost sounds like a busy signal. And it is, I'm pretty sure it's not like the, I don't know if Canada has the same busy signal as like the United States on the telephone, but. What, what's your uh, busy signal? Can you, can you sing it for us, please? Oh, I'm definitely not doing that because uh, the second I do that, uh, that's going to be clipped. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah, it's like that. Uh, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. No, Kev, Kev's yeah. got it. Brian, what's Can- how does Canada's go? It, it's similar. It's just a high pitched beeping noise. Like what? Give, give us, yeah, so give us, yeah. give us a couple bars. Boop, boop, boop. Even their busy signal sounds more yeah. sophisticated than ours does. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, totally. But. Point being is it's a really cool effect, whatever he's doing there. And I think it is with the clav, like it's kind of more low pitched than, yes. than the busy signal. It's pretty cool. And then Rick nearly commits to the that's all thing right at the very end there. It's actually pretty neat. Definitely. If I could ask a question real quick. <clears throat> so my view of like sets like these are especially like uh, summer camp like this is they want to reach out to fans that have never seen their music, don't know uh, that much about their music, which is why I think we got the set that we did uh, first and second set. But my question, Ryan, you were there. My question, uh, rather than talking about the jams, because that thatch is is, is kind of it for that. My question is, Ryan, do you think, like, were you able to talk to any fans that were listening to the songs that they were playing and they were like, yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to check these guys out further or, mm. you know, that that they decided to stay watching the sets that they were watching because they liked what they were hearing. There was one guy uh, that I talked to towards the end of set break uh, who had missed the first set of Goose. I forget who he was seeing at the time, uh, but he was like, yeah, man, everyone's been talking about Goose. Saw that uh, and he, he was excited about it. Um, and then, you know, he, he was standing next to my dad and I. And then after Thatch, I turned to him. And I was like, so he was like, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, damn right. <laughs> like, so people were people were stoked, uh, you know. A lot of people, vibes were high. They can play that song. So the, the next question is, did he throw his hands up in the air during Seekers 1 and just say, fucking Seekers, and walk off? Or did he not know the band well He didn't learn that. <laughs> okay. Anyone else have anything on this show, or we going to move on? No, nothing else really to add. I mean, third best thatch of the year, second set Seekers. There you go. Hey, B. If you had to choose between the second set Seekers and the second set Yeti, which one would you choose? He's dicing on the Yeti. Oh, I, I mean, first set, second set, I mean, it answers the same. I mean, I would definitely take Seekers. Thank you for that wisdom. Now, but they both should be in the first set. Yes. Those are both first set songs. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Let's move on to uh, June 2nd uh, at the Cathead Distillery in Jackson, Mississippi. The first time Goose ever played in the state of Mississippi at the Cathead Jam Festival. Another two-set festival performance, which they've really been crushing the festivals this year for the most part. Uh, Almost every single one has at least one memorable jam. Uh, And I say almost because we will talk about one later that doesn't, or two, but... This one is fantastic. First set, we've got Atlas Dogs, All I Need, Rockdale, Bob Don, Flow Down, Tumble. And the second set, Drive, Red Bird, In Your Eyes, A Western Sun, and Empress to close. I just want to say that, you know, I remember streaming this. We had like a pretty, you know, wacky audience recording, you know, 
not expecting too much from this show, even though it's two sets, you know, it's their first time playing in the state of Mississippi. A lot of people I'm sure seeing their first goose show, very small festival. So figured it would be pretty pedestrian. And it was for the majority of the first set. And then, you know, the set was already like fairly long at this point. Then they started tumble and it was like, okay, it'll probably be a fairly standard tumble, but then it wasn't. And this jam incredibly underrated in my opinion there's a lot of really cool stuff going on i especially love the kind of peter's using a different piano patch for a lot of this you know you hear it in the in the cap all i need uh, as well and the kind of dark part it's not the usual grand piano it's more of a it's kind of a jankier sound not as full but it has a really cool feel in this jam the riff that he's on and you know that there's some synth stuff that happens later but this tumble goes to a really really cool space which again, Tumble has been on fire this year. There's just so many standout versions that are going to unique places. You know, you have the New Orleans one, you have this one. This song has been going to very unique places. And Peter, without a doubt, is the star of this jam. And I love, love the, the piano, the, that, that piano sound that he gets to uh, in the midpoint there. And then in set two, you know, Redbird into In Your Eyes, just incredible. You know, that that's where, Neil, you talked about the That's All teases at summer camp. It actually happens here. You know, the summer camp one was yeah. just a nice little CCP, but they Red both commit. Rick and Peter commit hard, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, just, just a really excellent show. You know, if I went to this, you know, a, a festival in Jackson, Mississippi, and Goose played this show, I would be very pleased. Is it only a tease if two band members ju- jump on board? It's 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 not a tease if only one band member does it. No, it is if one band member does it. But at summer camp, they didn't actually play the riff. And Rick didn't like... finish the riff. He was like dancing around it. They were like playing all the notes. It's like this it's like in the sequence that were necessary to play the melody of the song. Yeah, it's like when yeah. every single show Trey almost teases Mountain Jam like seven times, but doesn't. Who's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's got thoughts on that? Uh, I like, the, I like the follow-up, too, though. You go Redbird with the Genesis tease into a Peter Gabriel cover. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thread there. That. Yeah, like, that was sick, yeah. A lot of In Your Eyes. A lot of In Your Eyes. That's the third one this year. Yeah. Keep it flowing. What do you think, B? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think, I think yeah. maybe the – I don't know that I need, like, an 18-minute In Your Eyes. I don't know where we got that, but that, actually, 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 the first, yeah, the first two were both kind of jammed, had extended yeah. jams, and I think "In Your Eyes" is is just a really good song, and I maybe I even prefer it kind of without needing that extended jam. I don't know that "In Your Eyes" needs to go type two for me. So, are you saying that the Sculpture Park version didn't need the jam, and the jam didn't didn't serve that one? Uh, I mean, that's, that might be my favorite actually of, of the ones. I mean, I don't know. I was there, but yeah. Okay. Mr. Attendance buys, but, it was but, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, you know, half step, well, I'm looking for that jam for sure. Mm-hmm. But in your eyes, I, I, I don't need that. What's up. I don't need that jam. I, now I wouldn't mind a type two. What's up. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, maybe, just to maybe say we'll that it happened inside out. We got some yeah. right back in Chicago, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. No rain provides some long and some short. So a couple thoughts on piano since you brought it up, Ryan. <laughs> yes. If you listen to the All I Need in the, the first set here, very, very different piano than you actually hear later in the show during Redbird. 
what's really interesting about it is the piano that you hear in the All I Need is like really rich and really full. You actually hear this a few times throughout the summer tour. I want to talk about it a lot later in a Redbird, actually, which is interesting because the the jankier piano that you referred to that shows up in the Redbird in this show, like really, it sounds like a like a saloon piano. Yeah, like somebody's in like an old west saloon, like an electric piano. I'm dying to know if that's like the name of the pet. Right, I think it's it's probably like an upright. It's probably like an upright of some kind. But your point about the piano, piano, yeah. yeah, Your point about the piano, also, you know, I want to mention, and I'll mention it again later. You know, Peter has been really opening up the possibilities of the different piano sounds on the Nord with the vibraphone and the marimba as well, but really getting into it. And that's something that he wasn't doing a ton last year. And there's so much capability with that Nord stage to do things like that. And, you know, him not having a real piano enables him to switch these different sounds and layer in, you know, synths or, you know, the, the again, the vibraphone or marimba or whatever. And that's part of you know i I talked about this on a day after show um but this is part of why he hasn't been backlining a grand piano for you know like last year's goosemas or spack or something like that like the big shows where you know maybe last year like you know at radio city and goosemas he did because he doesn't want to lose that palette of sounds that he's you know started utilizing so well well and also that's just a huge instrument yeah I mean, we talked about this a little bit. I mean, like I do push back on a little bit because you can keep the Nord and have the piano, right? You can have trickier, both. trickier, but yeah. But, but I, I think this show kind of proves that really it's not necessary. You can kind of wrangle all of the piano sounds you need out of that one instrument. Right? Mm-hmm. So you don't need the, the grand piano or the baby grand or whatever. I think you get two very interesting piano sounds. And I think, like I said, the one that's in all I need is, is really rich and full and sounds great. So cool to hear that in the same show. And I think that's like one of the notable things about the show to talk about. But also I just want to talk about the the tumble, which is just great. <laughs> or yeah. not tumble, um, the Redbird, sorry. And uh, the Redbird is awesome. This is a really good jam. This is another good jam in a fest show. And this one is worth checking out. It's got a lot of actual cool stuff to, to really look into, specifically the drums. The drums in this Redbird are fan-fucking-tastic. If you just kind of zone everything else and just listen to the drums in this, like, do it. It's worth it to go back and listen to this. Tour of Jeb. Yeah, it's like, well, this is more like drip drums. It's drip drums. That's That was my notes. It was drip drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this was a, yeah, yeah. That that was kind of my one, my one takeaway from this show as well was, it was, yeah, the Redbird. It's, uh, it's kind of a unique version. And yeah, I mean, obviously the, the drip drums, you know, really stood out and yeah, yeah, that's the, certainly the high point of the show. All the red birds be hitting this year, man. They're crushing it. All of them. Straight burden. It's a lifestyle. Shall we head to Tennessee? Tennessee. Let's Ain't no do place it. I'd rather be. Yeah. So from Mississippi, we end up in Chattanooga, Tennessee at an, yet another festival, uh, the Riverbend Festival on June 3rd, 2023. 90-minute uh, set is what it looks like here. We got uh, them opening up with an echo of a rose uh, into Mr. Action, another thatch uh, into Arrow, David Gray cover, please forgive me, uh, pancakes, and we close it out with some hot tea. The obligatory. Obligatory. Encore that shit, hot tea. Yes. Well, it's, it's funny, 
it's funny because because we were talking about please forgive me and you know it's funny they 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 tend to play please forgive me at kind of big shows this riverbend was like a big high, show high, high, no that, that that's what i'm saying like that's Huge what show. stood out to me for set list wise on this is that you know it was odd for it was odd to see that here in Chattanooga. You know what I mean? Night two Philly. Uh, yeah, we usually, yeah we usually see it. You know, night two Philly. Um, you know, we just saw it at SPAC, and then I think like they did that big outdoor show like in Portland in yeah the the, in the city courthouse. Yeah, did they did they do oh, one, yeah. one of that that big? Yeah. So anyway, just thought that was interesting. That's not 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 didn't have a big festy vibe for me, I guess, but. I don't know. Maybe David Gray's from Chattanooga. I don't know. Well, and you think about the cover. I, I, I do get that. If you're going to cover a track, look at this. Like, that's not the cover I'd pick for a festival. That's fair. But, I mean, it's one that is familiar, right? I think a lot of people would know that song. And then if you look at the lineup for that show, I think it was actually a pretty decent-sized show. Uh, folks are going to yeah. want to hear something that sounds familiar, especially if you don't College know College town. You know? Yeah. 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 So, I mean... Yeah, there's. I mean, there's not much to really go back to at this show. I, I do want to say though, the arrow, and this is one of many arrows that I'm going to be excited about talking about. Look at us. This, summer. this arrow is not bad. You know, it's like you know that that Paul Rudd gif, like like look at us. Who would have yeah. thought? Not me. Like us, like six months ago, like fluffing arrows. We're gonna have to change the name yeah. of the group chat to Arrow Appreciators. I, like I am an arrow appreciator. I mean, Slow down. Really, Slow down. Really, Pump the brakes. <laughs> Let's not go I that mean, far. They, if you like, and you guys are going to laugh at me when I say this, but like, give me a second to kind of frame the comparison. If you like the Eugene Bourne, there is a lot to like about a good segment in this era. There is like we, that reverse delay stuff that both Peter and Rick are doing. Ryan, the look on your face. Uh, see, you didn't let me finish. I'm skeptical. Um, but so there's a similar vibe for a good three minute section inside of this arrow and it's different than what you normally hear an arrow. It's good. And this is a good arrow to listen to. If you want to go back and listen to an arrow, that's pretty good. This one's pretty good. There's better ones in the summer, but this yeah. one's pretty good. Well, hold on. So, uh, if, I mean, you just, you talked about, you, 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 you drug Eugene Bourne into this. <laughs> <laughs> of course Drag? I, no, no. I wouldn't. Talk. But seriously, Hey, look, if, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, you don't got too many edibles, you know what I mean? And you really like the Eugene Bourne, then <laughs> you might, you might also like this arrow on too many edibles, but I don't, yeah, like, well, I don't think this arrow is long enough for that to set in. That's, that's the difference between the two. I mean, like really, if you're on too many edibles, you're probably going to have a hard time moving yeah. or making decisions. So a 90 minute festi on Eugene set. Bourne, yeah. But, 90 minute festi you know, set is not where you want to take too many edibles. No, you're, you're probably listening to the disco <laughs> business if you're on too many edibles. Exactly. Um, but no, it's not bad. This is good. This is a good era. This is not one where you're like, okay, like yeah. I'm hearing kind of the same droning riff over and over and over again, like, and I want to hear something else. I didn't feel my, it at all when I listened to it. My, my big takeaway from this is also similar to kind of where they start going later in the show, which is that this is unfinished. There were a number of unfinished arrows on this summer tour. You know, the last, out of the last six arrows they've played, five of them have been unfinished. And that's showing that they're, you know, they're not relying as much on we need to return to the song, which is good because it means they're going deeper out in exploration. You know, needing to return to the end of the song, like they do, you know, like tumble, etc., like always comes back around to the beginning. All I need 
there was a rare unfinished one that happened, which there's only been like one or two unfinished All I Needs in the song's entire history. Um, and yes, while while the, the finish is good, I feel like we've heard a number of times, especially in All I Need, where it's kind of a rocky transition, kind of like we need to come back to the end and like tie the loop. And I feel like if you get that far out into space, you know, you don't you don't necessarily need to come back to the song if if it, if it just keeps flowing well into a natural ending or into the next song. And so I think we're going to be seeing more of that from Goose as the year progresses, and th- these unfinished arrows are kind of the beginning. If that makes sense. Fans of Portland to Goose, all I need agree with you, a hundred percent on that one. No, <laughs> that wasn't a that wasn't an issue with finishing it. That was an issue with. Rick thought they were, uh, you know, going immediately into the chorus, and Trey and the rest of the band thought that they were going back into the guitar solo first. Mm. So, that's if, just I, if I but, if I could offer a final thought before we hand this off uh, yeah. to B and head over to Kentucky, uh, I would just like to read one of the reviews on Nugs for this show. Uh, oh, the, the, oh, damn you! You stole this. The, <laughs> the Redbird Respector, uh, you know, in, in review of this show says the mushrooms kicked in during pancakes. Rick is out of his fucking mind. Uh, so that's the whole of the review right there. And I just want to note uh, that pancakes. Uh, when it started, there was 25 minutes left in the show. So I just hope our boy Redbird Respector was okay peaking. Uh, you know, with 25 minutes of, of music left over <laughs> After in the, show. the show. That's like, that's poor timing for, for a 90 minute festival set to your, you know, for your drugs to kick in at like minute 65. <laughs> not... Yeah, I, I do not you know. He ate him a little bit in. That dude probably had a rough day. <laughs> yeah. They started Mr. Action and he was like. Some people want their uh, <laughs> post show where they can be more introspective and, you know, re- reflect back on. Everything they experienced. On the so, I'm music. sure that was Redbird Respecters. <laughs> yeah, I got strategy. nothing but respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing but respect. What, was there another band? Do we know? Did... The Respector. Be the Respector. Yes, there were. I'm pretty sure there were other bands after. Um, oh, so he could have just been getting up for whatever was next, too. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Let, let's let's see before we. Uh, before it's kind of not funny here. anymore, B. <laughs> let's, take, <laughs> yeah, well, then let's let's take it to Kentucky, where nothing's funny. Do it. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. If you live in Kentucky, if you're from Kentucky, don't hate me. Okay, so we yeah, Sunday, June fourth, straight rail burden is what we were doing, and yeah, you know, animal flow down, silver rising, blood buzz, hunger sight, slow ready Arcadia. I mean, that's a that's actually a pretty solid festival set right there. Um, you know, you look that's at that on paper. Set. Yeah, you look at that on paper, and that's that looks real nice. You know. And, you know, I, I, nothing really stood out, you know, jam wise. I mean, everything was pretty straightforward and on the shorter side. Um, I, you know, I honestly haven't gone back and listened to this very much, so I don't really have any notes on it. I think this was a, I think this was a Sunday in Kentucky, you know, dropping a, dropping a set of the hits and yeah, hopefully, and hopefully winning some new fans. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you, you got Gucious here, you know, the, the, the ladies from Lucius sitting in on Slow Ready again. You know, just the, the band playing as the sun set uh, with a west-facing stage, uh, which is poor logistics on the part of the festival uh, and sucked for the band who was playing directly into the sun. Uh, and so it was incredibly hot and, you know, they could barely see, uh, which is always lovely. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, again, to echo B, solid festival set, but I feel like it, it would have been received a little bit better if the two festivals that had preceded it in the weekend hadn't, you know, had a bunch of notable jams between them. This is the only, I, I feel like, quote unquote, throwaway uh, of the three. Like, you know, there, there's stuff from both other shows that I would go back and listen to. I'm not really compelled to go back and listen to anything from this Railbird set. So agree, but I think this show was not for us. This Correct. show was for the audience, and the, yeah. the audience was enormous at this show. A uh, friend of the pod, Captain Incredible, uh, Jeff, was at this show and said it was insane, the amount of people. He had never seen so many people watching Goose ever. And I don't know what attendance was like at this, but it was quite packed. There were some very, very big names at this show. They were not there to see Goose. So Goose was doing their best to kind of lay it out there for folks who weren't there to see a jam yeah. show. They were there to see, you know, popular music for the most part. And that's why they so, played Hunter's Night. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, you've got the festiest set that they're probably going to play right now. So it's fine. You know, I'm yeah. not hating on the show. Just no, not going you got, back to you, listen to it. And you it's got, still good uh, songs. You got, you got indie groove sensation. You know what I mean? Yep. Nothing wrong with that. And, and that's what you got. And they got to play Slowdown for the crowd there too, you know? Yep. But no, they, they played the Blood Buzz and, you know, I mean, that's good. That's that's something to be excited about. Yeah. I mean, I Kentucky yeah, is that, basically no. Diet Ohio for Goose. So, you know, obviously they played Blood Buzz. Oof. That's a hot take. That, that's not a hot well, take. Hey, we are now transitioning from the first leg of Summer Tour, which consisted of all festivals, to actual, you know, almost every night, two nights or two sets of Goose every single night. And it starts off really, really strong, in my opinion, in what is a, a pretty great set list. And this is June 21st. Goose playing the Riviera Theater at Chicago, in Chicago. And this is a tricky show because they announced it late. A lot of people scrambled to get to this show. I think folks had trouble getting tickets. I think it was kind of a big mess, but sounds like a lot of people got in. I think we have folks from the pod who made it into the show. Daniel, hope you can talk about the you know the concert a little bit but let's just dive right into the set list you get a a Bert Kreischer intro hell of an is, intro and for those of us that hell don't know who that intro. is yeah who is that you may not know who that is I didn't really know who it was until he was associated with Goose and I, I like heard of him he's a he's a comedian he takes his shirt off that's about he it he took his shirt off during the intro is he like Andy Frasco but he doesn't play music no, kind of. <laughs> I think Andy Frasco. I think Andy Frasco is actually playing, like he's he's the house band for a Burt Kreischer show at some point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Burt's got like some good comedies and stand-ups. Burt Kreischer has like a, a comedy cruise. Frasco is going to be the house band, so that's like a pretty apt. Oh man, there. yeah, yeah. I think okay. they, they vibe. I, I was going to say those guys vibe. Kreischer and Frasco seem like they would get along really well. Totally. Yeah, similar totally. sense of humor in a lot yeah. of ways. A lot, lot of, of, of Jameson getting crushed there. Are you Love ready it. for the best <laughs> motherfucking band on the planet? As far as intros go, I do want to say like that was probably the best one that was ever done. I mean, there's some over the history of the band. You think about Coach has done it a whole bunch of times. I think Kalinsky did it once at Resonance. 
if you go way back yeah. and listen to that one, that, that one's on YouTube. That's outrageous. I think they cut his mic at one point because he was screaming so loud, like people's ears were bleeding. That was the, that was the gold velour suit. Is yeah, that right? really good. And go back and check that out. I think that's Resonance 2019, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But in any case, let's get into the set list here. Burt Kreischer intro. We get a, a you know an homage to uh, to Burt Kreischer with a so ready opener. Then Turbulence in the Night Rays again shows up at the beginning of like almost every show. I swear this summer. And then you get really really awesome segments of music where you get Elizabeth segue into Caution segue back into Elizabeth. And I can't wait to talk about this one. I think this is one of, I was saying this earlier, this is one of my, I think it's one of the most interesting pieces of music they played that's not like a jam Mm -hmm. the whole entire summer. And then you get a lead up right after that, which is always awesome. Uh, Somewhat extended Turbid Clouds and then on Arcadia to close off the set. Beautiful. And before I hand it off, I do just want to talk about the segue that, that is from Elizabeth to Caution. It is perfect yeah. i mean it is as close to perfect as it gets and it actually kind of dovetails in a way where rick is getting there at a different pace than peter and it doesn't sound awkward or strange or contrived in any way it was almost like they worked on it together and it's not something that goose does all that often you don't really hear these really nicely dovetailed segues from this band but this is great and it sounds so awesome it actually kind of changes the way that caution begins which i think made caution even better uh like it kind of slowly became caution yeah Yeah, it's just so good i mean everything about this little piece of music is exciting and we talk a lot about jams because we do the jam of the air bracket on this podcast we don't really have a platform to talk about just really cool shit that this band does they're playing songs good (laughs) yeah i mean like this this thing is just like these guys are fucking great at this, and this is something to be excited about. Yeah, uh, Neil. Fun fact: this is a platform to talk about cool shit like this, uh, and it's a good thing that you're talking about it. No, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, th- this segment is this? Th- this segment is amazing. Uh, you know, it's really cool that you know caution was on the written set list as well, um, and you know, I, I don't know if they talked about before the show, like, oh, let's see if we can get to it out of the Elizabeth Jam naturally or if they just kind of like we're getting into that space and you know rick and peter were kind of like all right like let's get in there um but yeah as you mentioned they're still kind of working their way on a lot of segues this the fact that they sandwiched and both segues are full arrow worthy is amazing um you know like just just worked so well the changing keys to get into caution and the you know the slowdown but that that jam in the first elizabeth really great before they end up in caution like there's a lot of like they, they get into like a spacey vibe uh for a little while it's excellent uh and i actually i think elizabeth has been really amazing so far this year you know you get a nice chugle going uh vibes are high uh, i feel like every time elizabeth has played and it's just good old-fashioned rock and roll for a little while and sometimes you get really awesome jams you know, you get this great segment. The one at the Warfield was amazing. Um, but this song has been crushing it this year. You know, kind of kind of took a backseat for a little while in 2021 and parts of 2022. But it, it's coming back. And, and we're, we're getting... It's going to be a big Elizabeth. Agreed. It's sort of a pop-up every once in a while. Being at this show, 
first criticism as always we got to stop playing the, the riviera <laughs> it's awful um hometown boy was Kev up in the, disapproves was up in the balcony nobody likes the this this night and it's just yeah it's old and and just uh needs to be renovated if it's going to continue but you know I, I get it bands like it so ready was pretty good had some a little extra mustard just for bird obviously taking his shirt off but yeah that middle section was great and agreed i thought i thought lead up perfect song for any slot this type ever? Of show. yeah i agree yeah it is it is but it just it uh, this was also the radio show so like neil said was like three weeks out so we got the hunger site the arcadia not just any radio show but chicago staple and classic wxrt w wxrt thank you Kevin. and lead lead up is like i think that right that's a song that could be a next radio it's cut gonna for be them. Yeah. yeah so i thought it was good and a nice straightforward but solid arcadia to to end the set just sort of i felt it was you know it doesn't have to like efficient heavy i think it, it, it worked out well didn't do anything crazy but it was a fun set mm-hmm just too hot also real hot real real hot sweating hard that night yeah rick did mention that uh, i think it was right after elizabeth where it was like it's toasty in here and i thought of you guys uh second set yeah anybody have anything else to say all right so second set we have creatures it's a hunger site with a full arrow into driftfield into mississippi half step uptown tootaloo as constructed on paper this is a killer killer second set i think the highlight here for me was the creatures it's a very very different approach to creatures that you know than we've heard before i think peter did a really great job of accenting this song that we're super super familiar with this jam that actually didn't really depart much from most creatures jams but did a lot of vintage vibe stuff and did a lot of there was the arpeggiator jam added to it and then there was also just a bunch of synth swells but when we were talking about this show as we were listening to it i mean this sounded weird and super psychedelic and i don't know it was just it was great and it was like that was like one of the best creatures i've heard in a really really long time and i freshened it up a bit yeah i I think it did i I thought this creatures was was great it was absolutely great and uh yeah there there there's some vocal effects going on in the second set especially in drip field which didn't seem to continue through the rest of what was summer tour we were kind of expecting that to show up a little bit but when rick was singing in the drip field i mean it was like almost terrifying how weird that was it was <laughs> very very psychedelic. It was like freaking out in the moment but there were like a few kind of freak out moments in the show where it was just like wow goose is really digging into this psychedelic aspect of you know being a band and i think it it came out really great in this and then you know the half step that closed out the show was really good it was uh, pretty, pretty, it's always good. Pretty, it never, pretty good. never misses, never misses. doesn't have the sizzle and if of some forgettable on past, but uh, it's good. Yeah. What do we got? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really like those creatures too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I was going to say like, you know, it was fresh. Um, <laughs> but Sorry, dude. I stole your thunder. That's what he <laughs> looked up. No, but it is, uh, you know, it is, it is, it does have a unique vibe to it, you know? And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think sometimes we give arrow a hard time. Um, and so it's nice to see all of these killer arrows come in and creatures can suffer from that same stuff a little bit. Uh, you know, just in terms of 
you know, needing to be freshened up. So, so yeah, nice to see. I, I was surprised in the moment to get hunger site, but it made sense with the radio deal and whatever. But obviously with that huge hunger site uh, from a few months before, it's what left it off my fantasy list. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. Every, a lot of all of us. And, and yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said, Neil, on this, this set to you on paper, just, I mean, it looks phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I think, I think maybe if we would have gotten that big hunger site in this set, I mean, this would have been, this would be a top show for sure. Um, but yeah, that's a really strong set. And then the, you know, with the Western sun and, and rum and the encore slot there, I guess if I was going to criticize anything, I would just say, just, just bang out a Western sun with a nice big jam to it, you know, bang it um, or rum or rum for that matter. Look, I mean, if you want to, if you just want to take rum out there and, and give us a nice, cause I don't know how long the two of these were together, but you know, 14 fully, minutes, yeah, 14 minutes. Yeah. Total. yeah. So that's, that's time for a really big exclamation point. You know what I mean? I feel like this set deserved an exclamation point. And I think brief versions of these two songs just isn't isn't quite an exclamation point for me. In terms of rating the show, B, I totally totally get that. I would like to approach like assessment of the show from the point of view of my uh, sister uh, and my and her daughter, my niece, uh, who've become just uh, overwhelmingly like fans of Goose, buy Goose gear, and all these other sorts of things. And I know this uh, this isn't you, but one of her favorite songs is rum. You know, it's butter rum. So for my sister, like a casual fan that doesn't sit and like analyze the shows and dissect tracks uh, the way that we do, you know, she got her exclamation point. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that, that's a good point. Now, here's the thing, though. The only the only thing I'd argue there is you're calling her a casual fan, and I would say. I've been seeing shows with her since 2021. By my, by our standards, she, she travels. Uh, she travels yeah. the country to see the band. I'm being she unfair. Buys a, she buys yeah. a ton of merch, and she's gifted merch because she's related to you, and you've got a lot of. Merch. <laughs> so, so she is no casual fan. Don't let Kevin fool you. She's a fanatical fan related uh, to the King of Custies, who got her exclamation point in this set with with that seven minute rum there you no, go. That's, and that's a fair point for sure yeah i think this set is just you know at, at least on paper all killer no filler like i look at this set without listening to a note and i'm like wow creatures hunger sight drip field half step that's fucking awesome and i listen to it and it's a really awesome set uh you know n- none of the four of these are on my playlist but it's a really enjoyable listen you know you got you guys talked about just great energy throughout and, and the jams are showing where they might go later in the tour and where some jams do go later in the tour. Uh, but yeah, I want to echo Neil and say I am surprised that the arpeggiator didn't play a bigger role as the tour progressed. You know, seeing this mm-hmm. in, in the first proper goose headlining show of the tour coming out in this Creatures, it was like, okay, this is going to be a thing. Um, and it was a couple more times, but not as much as you may have thought. Western Sun too makes sense. Solstice. That's my only aside. Solstice show, June twenty first. Duh, we both we all missed that also. So the the arpeggiator jam we were saying in the moment was this is them prepping for Electric Forest that they're about right. to play. Fully expected the creatures that sounded exactly like this at Electric Forest, but also don't want to really 
pass over hunger site without saying that hunger site now is a certified banger it's not just like the radio hit song this this is something we talked about on the day after show hunger sites one when they start playing it you're like okay i'm gonna get a jam here not saying it's quite on the same level as madavon but you're you're expecting something more from this song yeah and what we got in the show wasn't bad it was really really good and there's kind of a flow to the way that these jams go, where like kind of Peter rages on the piano for a bit, then Rick kind of rages on the guitar for a bit, and then sometimes you get a little something extra. You did get a little bit of extra stuff in this one, a couple minutes, but not much. But this is still good. It's always great. And Hunger Sight is not just another song that shows up in a set list. It's, it is a set highlight when they play, just like a Matavon is. Yeah, I mean, ever since Philly Night Two, it's all it right. Has all been, right. That, that, that's when it got its certification for sure. You again, you, know I mean? you again with the Philly hey, listen, site. I'm just saying that's when that's the night it got certified. And Neil's that's what Neil's telling you. You know, I'm, I'm pretty just sure the, the, the just give me the sure, date. That's all. I'm pretty sure the 18 minute debut was pretty. So listen, here, the thing about the arpeggiator <laughs> stuff. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was because you're like, oh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at something like that and then expect to see it. Uh, even no, no more than if, like, let's say, let's say Rick does some type of like, uh, you know, uses his reverse pedal, you know, a ton and in, in, in some jam in a, in a unique way that he hasn't done before. And I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, what, man, we're going to get it's the summer of the reverse pedal. You know what I mean? So. My, my thought with the arpeggio was that, that, that this was when it sounded the coolest was this night. When I heard it pop up again, my first reaction was kind of like, oh, man, you, you kind of already did that. Right. But I guess I that's a weird effect for me in that in, in that sense, though, I'll, I'll admit, you know what I mean? Because you could drop obviously use the same effects in, in all kinds of your music with the arpeggiator, though, that that one to me feels a little bit more. um like its own thing that is more reserved for kind of very specific places in specific songs. And then when you bust it out of there, you know, it, it can become a novelty really quick. Mm-hmm. Like auto tune. How, how dare you? I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm just asking questions here. I'm just asking. Oh, questions. I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to move on to, to Louisville. Well, can we talk about, about the guys. encore? Oh, I I, we did talk about the encore. Western Sun Butter Rum. I actually didn't read it off, but we Solstice, did man. Solstice. Oh, we talked about it. Solstice, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cap it. Well, I, I do it. want to say one more thing about the encore, which is there, there should be no expectation of getting a longer Western Sun now. Like, it is six to seven minutes, and that's all that you're going to get. It, so we've gotten some big but, or big Western Suns in the past. We'll always have Perry. Some excellent, amazing Western Suns. We'll always have Perry, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's not the expectation anymore. But yeah, let's let's move on to the next show because this gets real exciting real fast. Let's do it. All right. So uh, I personally left the show, uh, end of half, half step, drove down to Louisville. Um, that oh, overnight. Night. Yeah. Just just want to clarify for people. You overnight. didn't wait until the next morning. It wasn't like a, no, I'm no. leaving at the we end of the, the set, show. you know, so I can go to bed. Drove to Louisville. The best way to do it to say is, 
arrived in Louisville 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Oof. teed off at 10 a.m. at the country. Yeah. <laughs> hot dog, re- um, hot dog review for you just, by 11. You just didn't like the half step that much that you just bailed? You're like, I'm out of here. I'm just off. Oh, you just head to Louisville right now. No, we stayed later than we wanted to, so that was part of it. But um, anyway, so following night, June 22nd at the Palace Theater, one of the cooler venues I've been Sorry, to you, the theater too. Before we get into the show, do you have a nap during the day on the 22nd or did you just like, you just went for it? Uh, I mean, I played golf and admittedly got a little country club day. You know, you, you get a, a cocktail at a country club and it is four just one? shots, obviously. Well, and then there was a couple of Miller lights okay, at the end of this, you know, anyways, I took a 30 minute nap. Okay. Okay. That's for something. the show. So, um, after a three hour nap when we arrived. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we made it though. Uh, so first set, and this is great. Mr. Action was the first song I listened to after leaving Riviera. So to get it, um, opening was awesome. So we got Mr. Action, these favorite Yeti followed by a killer born into fifth of Beethoven and set closing jive one into Rockdale, um, set two, we'll just keep it going, but a lot of talk about opening arrow into Bob Don followed by feel it. Now everything must go animal and a flow down encore. Flancore. Um, Flancore. But as Maya wanted to come talk about the born here too. Um, Mr. Action as an opener. I love it. I love that song personally. It's like very catchy sticks in my head. Um, love the lyrics. It's a great feel fits kind of the bluesy. Yeti's whatever, but yeah, once we hit that born, it's just, we've just seen some quality borns left and right. It's just been nonstop, different variations, slower jams, faster jams. Um, it's, it's just been, uh, you know, hunger site we've talked about, but I think born is also really sort of grown into itself in terms of some quality jams who, who wants to step up on their born assessment everyone, but <laughs> yeah, like we've, we've all got something to say about this one, please. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I just want to say this was, you know, we, we talked about a lot in the last episode talking about the Eugene Bourne, you know, how Neil was more skeptical on a, uh, on it than all of us. And he kind of, he got me with his skepticism after this Louisville Bourne, uh, you know, because y- your point was like, they do the same thing as the Eugene Bourne for a little while, and then they move on to other cool shit that happens in the rest of the jam. And it's not just like one thing for the whole time. And I was like, yeah, as good as the Eugene Bourne is, this one does that for a couple of minutes. You know, that like really just laid back, spacey, you know, layered textures, atmospheric, whatever. And then it keeps going. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like this one is easily better. Uh, this this is an, an incredible jam. This is the goat born, in my opinion. Uh, you know, all, all you all you people who are at Dylan. You know, I, I see B already looking at me with that, like, uh, I'm from Colorado look, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how dare you? That's just how uh, I look, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this this porn is just amazing. And, you know, this, so this, this cements for me, my, my favorite arrangement of the Bourne that they've kind of landed on now. You got the, the slower entry into the jam. You know, we'll talk about later the, the, the quicker one that pops up. Um, but th- this is amazing. Um, and otherwise, you know, just solid first set fair. Fifth of Beethoven's yeah. always fun, you know, get get a clav tweet in. Um and, and Rockdale is kind of settled. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, Rockdale's kind of settled 
the last bunch of plays, obviously outside of uh, really Ryman being the only hugely notable one of the year so far, it's settled into this like 15 to 17 or so minute uh, song where you're going to get like this like double time jam or like a, a, a fantastic peak and it's awesome, but nothing, nothing crazy. Um, and so that that's kind of where we're at with this song and it, it fits that role really, really well. Uh, but I eagerly await when we get another, you know, Cleveland level Rockdale, which we no doubt will sometime in the future. This, this is a, this is a great set. Yeah, man. So a couple things to say about this born, this born is one of my favorite, favorite jams of the year. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's in my top six, I want to say right now. And it's the best jam I think they played all summer, all summer tour. So if you're looking for the top of summer tour, this is the one that you want to go and listen to. Uh, my complaint about Born right now is Stop that the it. slide guitar section is now gone. Please bring mm. it back. I think it adds such texture to the song itself, but that doesn't take away from the jam here. But you know, if anybody out there is listening and uh, can whisper in Peter's ear, please bring the slide back. I think he did an amazing job, and it sounds really great in the song. The jam itself is so good. On the thread of Peter, his work on the vintage vibe in the song is piercing at times, and it's so ridiculously good. And it's the one thing I go back and I listen to, and like really focusing in on Peter in that segment before the big peak that comes at the end, which I think really is the dessert of this jam, right? That's the one that you're going for. That's the one you're looking forward to. But there's like between the, if we want to call it like the Eugene Bourne segment, and then there's like a, a middle ground there before it really ramps up before the big peak. That's where Peter, I think really stars. I think he carries this jam and it sounds so ridiculously good. And yeah, man, the, I'm so excited about this show in general because there's like another part we're going to talk about when we talk about the second set. I think we should probably stay on the first set for now, but it's just, it's fantastic. And then the audience gets a treat with Fifth and Beethoven. I mean, you can say what you will about that jam or that song. I mean, it's cool and it's fun. And I think it's a cover that people look forward to hearing. And then, yeah, you close off a set with a set closing Rockdale. Even if it's the standard 15 minute variety, you've just saw it. Uh, you've just seen a, a killer for set. I mean, I'm going to agree with pretty much everything that you just said, Neil. Um, well, that's a first. And uh, no, we, actually, we, we agree almost always. We agree a lot. Yeah. Almost always there. <laughs> you just, you get in the middle a lot. <laughs> but And then we're scrapping. But we usually agree yeah. that we don't like whatever you're thinking. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, so, well, actually, first... First, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with, with D. Uh, and actually, this is one of the few day after shows I did this summer. So I kind of already talked about this show and I haven't talked about a lot of these shows. So um, Mr. Action is a, is a, one of my favorite openers. It's become that. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a really awesome opener. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So I agree with Neil that this, this born is also my top jam of the summer. Uh, best jam of the summer, in my opinion. And yeah, you could really say it has three distinct jams. It has that Eugene Bornish, you know, little jam they drop into, doesn't last too long. Then they take it to some other cool chill spots and they just fire it up on all cylinders. Rick absolutely shredding. This is this is another one of those jams like uh, Chicago Pancakes, like 
San Francisco Redbird. This is one of those GMs where the the peak just goes really hard and and Rick especially just, you know, goes extra hard and just shreds this and 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 I mean we're, four or five minutes of like pretty high energy peaking to this. So so yeah, so I love that. I, I love I love getting all those varied facets to the jam and then but then bringing it home like that. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah, that's just money. And uh yeah, you know, the thing about I I feel like Jive One and Jive Lee need to be reunited. You know what I mean? I think I think that's this would have been Yeah, I think that's what I want to you know, I, I I like Jive One, but that Jive One, Jive Lee pairing. Yeah. It's it's just so good. It's so Classic. good. Yeah, we're and we'll we'll get to a Lee um in a couple shows, but um but yeah, and then and then yeah, right yeah, every every Rockdale is is just a real high energy um, you know, jam. You know, a lot of them get a little bit dark, you know, you can you can almost bank on that a little bit, or just a nice fiery jam. So um so yeah, yeah, this is a really this is a really good set. I like this set a lot. We get the first really big arrow of the summer here. You know, we talked Dang. about um you know, earlier get getting one that was kind of hinting at it, you know, unfinished, whatever. This one is 30 minutes, right? This one's 30 minutes. I'm, I'm yep. not misremembering. Yeah, yeah. The 30 minutes. This is, yep. And, yep. and not the only 30 minute arrow we're going to get on this tour, which is also pretty cool. Um, you know, and it's a and 30 minute boring. arrow. That's excellent. Not boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the best one. Yes. Yeah, probably. This is the best Ever. arrow Ever. in a really long time. I would say probably the best arrow since five, three, 21. I guess I think it's, I think it's better. You think yeah. it's a goat? There we go. It, well, yeah. I, I think it's indisputably the, the best arrow they've ever played. Thank I, God I for this. We can an agreement on that right now. Thank yeah. the Lord. All right. Consensus. As I said today, arrow's kind of back now, which is great. So we'll take it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, feel it now in the second set. Great drip into Bob without. We're still waiting. Yeah. When's the last Bring the whiff? jam back. The, the last width was the cap. Oh, wow, they they've played yeah. Bob Don eight times since eight the more. last with. What is going on, Goose? I think I think yeah. it's a fitting place in this situation, though. Yeah, it's this is the landing pad for sure, and it's like they drip in, you know. They it's clean. Trevor just takes off the base. I, but um, the width the width part would have been the landing pad, so maybe they do like an inverted yeah, version. Oh, what you do the width and then Bob Don well, and. And do yeah. into that with Bob, yeah, into with that Bob little Don. jam segment. <laughs> with Bob Don. That that's a footnote. <laughs> with Bob Don. Inverted Bob Don. Yeah. Actually, actually it would be super sick if they did play the with part of Bob Don without playing Bob Don, like just coming in, in another jam or ending another jam or something. That actually would be really cool. Yeah. That would it would be, be it would be with Bob Don with jam. Hey Goose. <laughs> This is a good idea. Uh, bring it. But I, I do want to talk about this arrow. Um, I don't have actually many notes on this arrow other than please just go listen to this arrow because it is wonderful. I think it's my number nine or number 10 jam of the year right now. So that's two jams from this show that are in my top 10 jams of the year. Uh, so this is this this show has some very, very high highs. And then if you think about what the rest of the second set looks like, it's great. It's, I mean, 
So you get the the 30 minutes of Arrow, you get the Bob Don somewhat of a cool down, then you get Feel It Now, which is my favorite second set song right now, other than the big jammers. They can slide this anywhere into a second set. They can open a second set with it. They can mm-hmm. close it. They can play it in the middle of the set. It maintains the vibe no matter what the, they do when they play it. So it's, I mean, it's great. And then you get an Everything Must Go. I guess that's a cool down before the animal closes it out. So, I mean, all around, this is, I mean, this is a really fun show to be at. You know, I would have liked to have seen kind of a bigger jammer to close out the second set than an animal. Animal kind of feels like, I don't know, like a like a pep up song in a second set, not like a, a bookend song Closer. in a second yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, go listen to this arrow. That's the only thing I can say about the set. Just go and check it out because <laughs> it's so damn good. Amen. All right. And was this the first animal in of that of the summer too? Even with missing the the festivals. Yeah. Uh, no, they they played it at they played it at Railbird in. Uh, yeah. Railbird oh, sorry. Sorry. Let, let, and, let's head to uh, let's head to night two here in Louisville again. Louisville. Uh, second night the Louisville. Palace Theater here, Louisville. Louisville. I see. Like I I said Louisville, and then people were saying Louisville. And then I was getting all confused on whether I was pronouncing it right, and so I just kind of—it's—it's it's very subtle. Okay. It's very. It's—it's yeah. it's, it's like well, it's like Chilicote. Edit that one out too. Pronouncing New Orleans, you're never going to satisfy Noilands. everybody with yeah, your pronunciation. Noilands. You just—you just say Noilands. Like it's like pronouncing Toronto, because some people who live near yeah, Toronto, Toronto will insist Toronto. there is no second T. In Toronto, there is. Why did they put it there? Silent Toronto. Why did they put it there? Toronto. Well, I am from Connecticut, yeah, and I enunciate every word perfectly. Uh, therefore, Connecticut. I say okay. The right, and I'm Mr. from Illinois. And you don't pronounce the S, education. right? You don't pronounce the S in Illinois, so yeah. No, you none, know what? It, none of it matters. If, if we can, <laughs> if we can indulge this tangent for another twelve seconds, um, they, they're, they're, <laughs> you you immediately know every time there's like a movie that where somebody says Toronto, like you immediately know that like it's, it's completely inaccurate. There was one that came out a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to someone about it and they were like, yeah, I was enjoying the movie. And then the person that was supposedly from Toronto started pronouncing the name of the city Toronto. And it was like, this is immediately inaccurate. Uh, and so, you know, you got to do better. It's, it's lose all credibility. It's Toronto. Okay. That's it's, what Toronto has. It's just that is the pronunciation of Toronto. Toronto. I mean, it's At least, Toronto. like it, when somebody does a Boston accident movie, we can be like, "Well, that guy doesn't Boston because he sounds yeah. like a fucking idiot." But like, yeah, all right. So we should talk about the show. You're not even from Boston, Neil. Okay, let's clear here. Uh, well, I live there now. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the first set of June 23rd. Here, uh, we've got the the bust out of Howard Johnson's got his Hojo working. A nice 178 show bust out. Last played 10, 15, 20. Uh, pretty long one. California Magic, The Whales, All I Need, Seekers, and SOS. This is the optimal Seekers placement. You're going to play Seekers. Late first set. We've said that on the pod. So thank you, Goose, uh, for putting it in in the late first set. We love it. But this All I Need is the star of the set. You know, it's good for the first part. Gets into, like, kind of that that cap All I Need, Nash Cakesy, a little bit of spooky stuff. And then, you know, just kind of goes nuclear. Um, you know, kind of on a dime, basically. And the, I mean, D, you know, you can talk about this because you were at the show, but it just feels like 
I remember watching the stream and being like, what in the world is happening right now? This is the craziest thing like ever, you know, like just, just the most energy, just like coming off of the stage and being reciprocated by the audience. This, this jam is awesome. You know, it's not super high on my playlist. I will say that, but this is, this, this feels like B, this feels like this should be on your, your pickleball bike playlist. All I need is Hollywood nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, this is uh, so it's my third favorite. All I need. I, you know, it's, I, it's a, it's a good, all I need. I think of I've the got year. Around 20, yeah, yeah. 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 Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got around 21 or 22. So almost a top 20 jam of the year. Um, but yeah, it, wow. it's, it packs a punch for sure. And yeah, it's just, it's just a really solid, solid version you know, probably like a B plus version, I would say B plus mm. A minus maybe. Uh, yeah, re- really, really good version. And yeah, you, you know, you got the, you called the seekers. That's where it is. I love a nice SOS set closer. Um, I think the G in you're talking about how to pronounce Toronto, Toronto <laughs> and Toronto? Toronto. I think it's Howard Johnson's got his Hojo working i think the g is silent there's a g but i th- I, I think it's silent and that's how citation it. citation right. it's just side note on that and yeah i mean decent decent first set i'm not out of this world but yeah the all i need is the anchor uh right there kind of towards the middle for sure yeah only other thing to add other than that this all i need is just hot it's just a hot all i need if you, you want something that makes you want to run through a brick wall, listen to this all I need. You will have what you need to run through that brick wall. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Hojo, third time ever played, which is great. That's a treat, right? You get a, a rarity in this set. And uh, that's uh, something to look forward to. They played this for the very first time at my very first show. It was the very, the first, very first song, song I have ever heard them play was Hojo. And I, I was like, checking out goose it was 2020 i was kind of into him at this point i'd listened to a bunch and i was like what the fuck is this i had no idea what it was <laughs> uh, nrbq but, uh, you know, bro yeah not a huge nrbq fan uh for what it's worth Kevin's. But, uh, we got it in this show uh and we got it in my first show so yeah kev's got anything. all their vinyl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, yeah if, if anyone out there would like to buy vinyl uh, at a premium uh, hit up Kev. He's I got do every that. single record that's that. ever been pressed in existence. Two of them. I don't Maybe extort. Three. I don't extort people. I'm okay, so if you're them. looking for vinyl always... for face value, there we go, or below. Yeah, hit up Kev. Ca- cash or Kev. <laughs> cash. I can always face. <laughs> well, that's great. All right. So uh, second Kev, set wanna... here or what? Do you want to talk about this first set of your NRBQ vinyl before? We I, I do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for $45, I did buy a second copy of Array Below Vinyl. And for a minute, uh, it sold out, right? So market forces said that, uh, you know, it was worth $125 or something like that. And then at the time, I was trying to get A Young Man's Country by da- uh, Daniel Donato, which was also sold out. There was a first and a second pressing. If you guys haven't listened to Daniel Uh, Donato, please go check them out. Uh, But this is a Goose podcast, so let's get back to it. Uh, 
I was able to trade that extra extra Raybolo for the young man's country that had a market value of $125 as well. So basically, face value 45 to 45 is what the trade was. And I was incredibly comfortable with that. Uh, it's unfortunate that my trade partner uh, that received the Arabolo missed uh, the on sale that happened uh, two or three days after the trade happened. Uh, but that's the nature of trading things. <laughs> you win. And you got because <laughs> uh, Dan Donato does fuck. I, I think that's actually worth saying on this podcast. Even Agreed. though it's a yeah. juice podcast, it's uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. We appreciate other music, okay? You know, like uh, don't we talk about Pete? We'll talk about Donato. Yeah, yeah so, some mean, of us listen to more other music than others. It's true. Yeah, truth. You know, I, I feel like what Drive Goose listens to is, is a mystery, uh, you know, outside of Goose. Not but... really. Oh, no, no. That's... <laughs> so I'll tell you real quick. Uh, oh, good. This will be brief. I listen. So I listen to a lot of uh, His Golden Messenger. Yeah. Uh, always, always high up there on my, you know, I don't download all my playlists for offline access, but I, I, I did download His Golden Messenger. So. I like to rock that. That's really good for the people down at the courts who don't want to listen to the my jam of the year playlist. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't really know that kind of music. You know what I mean? They don't appreciate the the, the 30 minute arrow minute versions <laughs> of songs, you know. Um so yeah, so yeah, so that that's the that's my big shout for tonight is is his golden messenger. And I did actually go check out the Australian bass player uh who i can't remember his name right now that trevor recommended and he's got some good stuff so all right who is it david benoit or something like that none of you guys checked that out when did trevor recommend it bass player magazine thing yeah 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 yeah. you're you're more on top of it but real quick oh you haven't checked him out i have not i i listened to three bands Okay. Yeah, we, everybody knows this. Oh, it's uh, no sorry, thing. sorry. It's snarky fishing goose. It's Donnie. It's Donnie Benet. Donnie Benet. Donnie Benet. Trevor Bass approved. Uh, yeah, go check it. Go check him out on Spotify. Uh, his most recent album, and he's got it's, it's funny stuff, but really sick, really sick bass. I mean, r- nice grooves. You'll like it. All right, let, let's uh, let's get into the second set here. We get Empress, Silver Rising, Redbird, Echo. With an encore of this old sea into thatch, this is all about the redbird. You know, everything else is is just like you know there. It happened, uh, but th- this is all about the redbird. This is one of the best jams of the year. This is one of the best redbirds. This is like just a- amazing, uh, like a-, a a marvel, if you will. Um, the 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 Louisville redbird, uh, and I, I eagerly await uh, our good friend Jeff Captain Incredible, uh, what his jam chart entry for this will look like uh, because he, he is a poet. And if you have not explored the Redbird jam charts uh, on elgoose.net, uh, you should, because there are some beautiful, beautiful words that he has written about some of these jams. But th- this one is just truly awe-inspiring. Sick bird. See, I'm glad you brought up elgoose.net when we talk about this Redbird. Oh, boy. Because some people say that... China Cat is teased heavily. No, in this red bird. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to bring it up. And well, you brought up Elgoose.net, so 
But in any case, I'm, I'm kidding. There is one confirmed think, tease in this song. Yes. There is a confirmed tease, and that was the, what I was going to get to, which is Jive Goose brought up the fact that there is, in fact, a Midnight Rider tease in this song. And it is very clear. Peter does it two times. So you get you get a Midnight Rider tease in here, but people are really hyper-focused on the China Cat theme that Rick does. And I think it is pretty distinct, but he doesn't ever complete the riff. So I think it's fair, Ryan. I think now is a good place, or now is a good time to talk about how it's fair to say that they didn't tease China Cat in the song. But it's did there. Mi- that did Midnight... There, and it's... Did Midnight Rider get notated on El Goose? Yes. It did. Okay. It did. Because Midnight Rider is a real tease. Yeah, it's a real tease. (laughs) That's all I have to say about uh, it. It's a big controversy with some folks. But the China Cat theme is much more extended in this song and is really, really cool. And I think it's one of my favorite parts of this, even though Rick does not complete the riff. So I wouldn't really call it a tease, but I would call it a theme or a motif if you will but uh there's if a lot will. to like about this this redbird it's really really cool definitely worth checking out there you go. yeah I, I i actually i actually have this redbird just behind not just behind but uh, you know behind the born in terms of the summer jams um i go born redbird arrow uh, yeah really From big 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 fan of this redbird i really like this redbird and just just the these two Louisville shows in general, I mean, this is this is really awesome. So I think a lot of people traveled to do this run. And you do a two-night run like this at a beautiful venue, and you've got that Born, that Arrow, the Redbird, and the All I Need even. I'll, I'll throw the All I Need in there as well. I mean, travel for two nights, beautiful venue, get those four fucking jams. I mean, this, I, regardless of where these shows end up, as as complete shows that is a that's a that's a top quality two night run to do uh just just on the on the strength of those jams so yeah yeah good job by everybody who made the effort to to travel there because yeah that's 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 a great collection of jams highly recommend it they come back there you go to louisville yeah well i mean there's a good camp of people in louisville that love goose you know uh, noah lives there uh, Tavis, Tavis lived there. Yeah. Houseplant is there. Huge supporters of Goose. I think likewise, Goose supports Houseplant quite a bit. Did shout them out from the stage and say, go see this band. Uh, do enjoy that band too. We're just shouting out bands now while we're doing a Goose podcast. <laughs> so there's a lot of people in Louisville. There's a really, really strong scene built around you know, the Melwood Tavern there, which there's a very awesome historic Goose show that happened at that place. So there is a connection here, right? Just and like you can, and you can't talk about Kentucky without talking about the Octave, like 2018. Yeah, uh, Covington. That was yeah. that was their first. Uh, that was their first uh, uh, two two night run. That was their first two night run as a band. Uh, 2018 at the the Octave in, in Kentucky. So they've always had a lot of support. That's why I was kind of uh, half joking earlier. Uh, you know, Ohio is, is, I forgot what the, the hyperbole that was used to describe Ohio in terms extension. <laughs> in, yeah, in terms yeah. Of, of, they always put on a good show there. And I would always argue the same for Kentucky is, is they really feel at home there and they f- really appreciate the, the support that they've historically been given in that state from music, Who's from music fans. Band, yeah. 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 I feel like it's, uh, yeah, I think you're right on. I feel like it's definitely Colorado. And then Ohio and Kentucky are right yep. up. 
terrible. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And that's not even a controversial um, statement, so we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, so circling back to the music, I do want to talk about the echo of a rose that comes after the Redbird, also hot. So if you're going to go listen to this Redbird, just keep it going. Listen to the echo of a rose that comes after. It's got some heat to it, super fast. I do like a really nice, fast echo of a rose. Who's going to drop us into the encore here? Of me. Sick yeah. encore. I will. This will see. One of my favorite encores. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. You know, just short of 20 minutes or so uh, of an encore here. You know, you get this nice ballad. You know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the jamless This Old Seas. You know, we've now got three in a row this year um, without the jam. But then, you know, they weren't going to walk away from two nights in Louisville without playing Thatch. Uh, and I think most of us had it as our eight-pointer that night. You know, I don't know if Neil did. He usually skips out on the obvious eight-pointer. Yeah, easiest um, eight-pointer of the tour. Yeah. You know, it was went... looking like Rothbury too, though. I kind of thought that it could have been a Rothbury. Song. They 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 weren't they weren't leaving Louisville without playing Thatch, uh, and, without and they burning didn't. it down. And they did, and they did Thatch, they fucks. Yeah, it, I love the duality of the song core, Right, you get the the kind of soft songwriting sure. that like really has some depth to it. Really, the lyrics make you think. It's just beautiful music, and then Thatch just melts your face and makes you dance your ass off. That's what I like about this encore. There's two approaches to looking at this encore, right? There's the, the like, why didn't they just play one of those songs for the whole encore? And then there's the the idea of, it really gave you a twofer of, I think, both aspects of what makes Goose great, right? They can go out there and just rip, and then it can also make you cry. <laughs> and that's what this encore does. They do it back to back, and I think that's cool. Yeah, no, totally. That, that's a really good point uh, because, you know, I was talking about the Western Sun butter rum kind of butter rum. and kind of maybe questioning, like, do you do one of those and go big? And I, I think initially I kind of had that thought here as well, but you make a really good point that, yeah, that's, they, they hit you. I mean, they hit you with the one in, in these feels, but then they get these feels over here. But what I will say, I won't necessarily say that that's, Thatch's lyrics might make you tear up a little bit too, uh, or at least, <laughs> or at least kind of, kind of, kind of feel very appreciative of, of. So here's the thing: uh, pick it from a tall tree, pull it from a deep well. What the bird don't sing, the bird don't. That's that's. Yeah, I love that. I, that's poetry. I, yeah, I love. That's that. a mastodon bio right there. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, uh, that that is a mast. That could be a mastodon bio. I don't know. Uh, but that's really good shit. So obviously, yeah, this old sea is a is just a beautifully written song. But I didn't want I didn't want Thatch to, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's funky, and everybody says it fucks. I don't really like to say that, but uh, that's just not my lingo. You know what I mean? I got a young kid, and, <laughs> but I got a kid. <laughs> there's some lyrical value in Thatch. I, I think what uh, you would say is Thatch is not so knees. Thatch is the bee's knees. That's what your we like age, it. age yeah, group says. We like it. We like Thatch on this podcast. Thank you. What the bird don't sing. And last piece for Louisville. We're still looking for Becca's sparkle jacket that was stolen yeah. from her school. What, what's up um, with this? Yeah. So Be good fans. We, tried. we hung out for like an hour in front of the, the venue. Marisa fought her, forgot her phone in the venue. It was a great night. 
<laughs> it's a good night for losing things. And then we went back to to Brendan and Becca's space, and I I heated up all their you know all this. We made a nice smorgasbord. It was quality hangs. Vibes were high. Would you say? With yeah, we had Haps there, Katie, top notch. Yeah, it's good. You know, uh, shout out also to. Brendan, who is sporting the the Blaine Vickers shirt on the rail for uh, Louisville right Marijuana. You know, I'm wearing the shirt right now. Um, but you know, and, right there and, on the webcast. And 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 yeah, you know, I mean, listen, if if you don't, if you want to hear about the vibes, then just go look up the day after show because yeah, that's right. That's that's where you get you get a detailed. We don't have time Vibe for board. that. Yeah, we don't. Have, we just don't have time for that now. Board. You know, what I mean, too many shows. <laughs> Too much, me. but if you want to hear about the vibes, yeah, check out the day after show episode because I think I think that's where we go deep, deep into the vibes. Yeah, we talk about all kinds of found bathrooms. We don't talk about bathrooms anymore. Lemonade, uh, you know, all kinds of things. There's happy, a, a lot we, going we on. just have happy talk about the shit that Happy talks about, which is great. <laughs> food. He talks about <laughs> food. There's vibes. Anyway, that that yeah. that's all for Louisville, and let's let's head over to uh, our next festival gig in at, at Electric Forest. So yeah, after two nights of just absolutely torching Louisville, Kentucky, we go back to uh, Festival Circuit, and that brings us to June twenty fifth. Boys got a day off. Uh, Rothbury, Michigan, Electric Forest, uh, that opens up with the Creatures into a lengthy jammed out Madavan, Pancakes. Uh, B's favorite, uh, Kylie Minogue cover, Can't Get You Out of My Head, uh, into a, a very, very short uh, little pancakes, uh, some say teas. Uh, another animal favorite, uh, and of course, Encore That Shit Hot Tea. This is this is pretty much what you'd expect from a festival set outside of the 20-minute, 25-minute Madhavan. Well, I, I mean, that's the thing, right? That's what you talk about when you talk about the Electric Forest set, which is yeah. you're listening to it and you're saying, are they really doing this? Are they right. really playing this gigantic Madhavan yeah. at Electric Forest? And they well, did. They, they started it and I was like, okay, this will probably be, you know, 12, 13 minutes, you know, festival set. Um, and it felt like it was heading for that direction. You know, they got into this really amazing dark jam to start off, um, which Madhavans have been doing great at. And then, you know, they kind of Rick cues it back into Madhavan proper. And it feels like it's going to, you know, kind of head home from there. But then, you know, they find a, a new vein of inspiration, you know, this kind of three chord bliss jam uh, that they, they get into a lot these days. But it's just amazing. You know, Peter's sticking with guitar for longer than usual, too, all through this kind of hosey part, um, which I love listening to. You know, I listened to it uh, a couple of weeks ago driving you know sunny day windows down and i was like you know fuck yeah like this is this is the vibe right here um and so that point it was like oh man like th this modavon's going somewhere uh you know at, at this festival and then it kept going you know then peter hits the keys you get some more exploration nice little look at cleveland tees um before you know finally heading home but this is a, this is a fantastic jam and way more than i expected uh from this festival set Ditto. Yeah, <laughs> pancakes, Kylie. Yeah, it's just yeah. There's there's the there's the standard stuff, 
but it's nice to get. It's this an EDM time. festival. It makes sense that they played pancakes, Kylie sandwich, and hot tea. Yeah, but 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 Electric Forest used to be huge, like Sound Tribe, String Cheese, early oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. What was it before Rothbury for one year, two years? Didn't String Cheese headline it this year? Yeah, probably again, literally. All the fuss, a lot of EDM. All the fuss seemed to be struggling. Man, doesn't matter genre of music. Yeah, that's very yeah, true. Goose plays your festival, and suddenly it's the final year, you know? Just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know what that means? They just got to get their own fest again next yeah. year. Something nice. Red fest too. Something Legend Valley. Legend Valley at the spot, though. Well, I mean, we're going to talk Not about Resonance in a minute, and like, I just feel like that could be like their thing. Resonance like could have been the Goose Fest, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But, you know, talking about electric forest this metavon is really good this metavon is on my playlist it's sitting somewhere in like the mid-20s it's worth going back to i think it's got a little bit of a bliss segment it's got also a ryan is freaking out no b B was just making funny faces oh okay when when, Um, when you said it was in your mid-20s when you said 20s uh, i i i was i was saying no that's what it's like we'll, we'll get to that. Let, let's let's let Neil finish his point before B, you know, makes an attempt at taking him apart. I didn't say anything. Yeah. The always yeah. agree crew doesn't get along. <laughs> so, <laughs> in any case, as I was saying, it's. I think this this jam is really really good. It's worth checking out. It's one of the few jams that has a, a strong tinge of darkness. There is a darkness section. Peter drags it there with his guitar, and that part is really really cool. This is a Keller Madavan. I think it's exciting that they showed up at this festival and decided to do this set. It's funny. Part of it actually reminds me of a show that really isn't so exciting from last year in Indianapolis, right after uh, Legend Valley. Yeah. They, mm. Like, so you get the, the, Kylie the pancakes, pancakes. Kylie pancakes, you get hot tea. Yep. Uh, so those segments probably not so exciting, but I'm sure that was pretty cool to see live, but for folks who are really, really into Goose and really thinking about jams, that Metavon was a gift. It's really, really nice. And also, yeah. the first kind of fleshed out Metavon in a while. In a while, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, since, since yeah, since the, the the winter and Cap and, yeah, Warfield. Really, yeah, really since the Warfield is the first Metavon. And, and the Warfield was the first one since uh, the Ryman. You know, we, we've really just had... Yeah, Ryman. Cap, Ryman, Warfield, and and Cap, this one. Cap, Ryman, and Warfield. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that you know there have been a few shorter ones, uh, but so far, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not much else to say. This is you know kind of kind of similar to uh, you know Lexington a little, I mean, probably better executed than Lexington, but similar yeah. in the sense of you know this a set list that you kind of would expect, and um, but obviously bigger kind of bigger jams, maybe better playing here. Yeah. All right. Why don't you uh, take us into Shohio here? All right. Shohio. This, uh, okay, so it's a Tuesday, June 27th, Columbus, Ohio. And this is, I was saying this earlier a little bit. This is, we'll read through the set list, but this is one of the more unique, uh, you know, set list, song construction, that type of thing, I think then you'll find in a lot of Goose shows. So so starting off with set one, Switch and Opener, Honeybee, which I, I, at this point was... was a Return of the Bee. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alice Dogs, show gap. 
So 28? Uh, yes, that would be a 28 Shogun. Yes. <laughs> Ogu says 29. So yeah. it'd be 30 then. No. 28. 28. 28. 28 Shogun. Well, Neil and I agree on show gaps. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Jive to Time to Flee, Jive Lee, Old Man's Boat, Hunger Sight, Rosalie McFall. And then read That's good. Two. Let's talk about set one here. Well, okay. Okay. We'll talk about set one. So, yeah, real, real unique in the sense, obviously, uh, Jive to Time to Flee, No Jam. Short jam, jive Lee, short one, uh, and then the the Rosalie McFall set closer. Um, you know, all those things I, I found kind of quite unique. Uh, I love the switching opener, uh, opener. And, and if I recall, I don't think that was the opener on paper, was it? It was not. Yeah. Second time this year. Same as Madison. Yeah. Madison. Yeah. Shout so, out to Neil. Such a. Such a great, oh, such a great call uh, on the set list or, or not. Uh, I just, I love a switch and opener. And, you know, when we talk about openers, I, I mentioned Mr. Action earlier, switching on the cover side, absolutely number one. Would but, you say that you agree with Neil? Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we tend to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably, probably, so probably not a better, probably not a better cover opener. I, I'd have to hear a what's up opener to, to make up the <laughs> final decision on that. Uh, no, but yeah, the, the honey bust out. Hey, what that's welcome. You know, we, I think, I think it was gone too long. I think that's a song that they should be playing more frequently. Um, Atlas dogs. Okay. Jive two also, you know, not, not being played as much. So nice to see that in the rotation, but the the flea with no jam was a little bit of a of a head scratcher. I think they like to do it from time to time. So yeah, you're just mixing it up. Uh, also brings up the the show you Cape Cod, right? Neil, no jam or flea. Oh geez, I can't even remember that far back. Yeah, I'm thinking there's another. There was a couple no jammers around then. Anyway, sorry, nope. my ADD was working. Big uh, big jive Lee. big jive Lee. Uh, big jive Lee. Definitely. Uh, I mean, probably my favorite. Probably my favorite jam of the set. I would say. Um, and then yeah, old man's boat, hunger site, Rosie, big, big set song wise. I mean, you don't get many sets where you see two, four, six, eight, you know, nine song, nine song for a set. So, um, that's a nice treat once in a while. Uh, you get a nice long set one with a lot of songs. And for the most part, I kind of like all, I kind of like most of these songs, you know? So, um, <laughs> for the most yeah. part. And, 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 you know, as Neil was saying earlier, you know, another hunger site where you're just, you just come to expect, you know, a, a nice big jam. So. Yeah. And they transition into the Rosalie, right? Yeah, yeah. It was real nice. It was real nice. Yeah. 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 So a little, little dripping. I up. want to read you a list that I wrote while the show was happening because oh. it all started to nice. occur to me as this was going on, that something special was happening and it happened right around jive two. So we had talked about this actually when we were talking about the Electric Forest show with friend of the pod, uh, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse McMahon. Uh, I think it's at Jesse Mixman on Twitter. Mixman. And we kind of just for some reason or another said, these are all the songs they haven't played in a really long time. And then we just listed off all of these songs. And that was right before they played the show, which is kind of remarkable. But 
I want to read you some gaps from this show. And this might actually spill into the second set. And if I do that, I apologize. But check this out. Switching, 23 show gap. Honeybee, 28 show gap. Jive 2, 12 show gap. And when Jive 2 happened, I was like, something's happening in the show. I wonder if they're going to continue. And then it did. Time to flee, 17 show gap. Then Jive Lee, 21 show gap. So that was like a time to Lee, right? It wasn't really like time to flee. Like it, the, the hey. meat of the playing there was was in the the Lee. And then you get the old man's boat, 19 show gap. So yeah, this is clearly back. doing something with this show. And they're going and they're pulling out of the bag of songs they haven't played in a really long time. Rosalie McFall, 318 show gap had only been played once before. Then, of course, preceded by Rosalie McFall was Hunger Sight. They hadn't played in three shows. So that was the outlier there in that set. <laughs> but, I mean, they were going out to to play all of these songs they hadn't played in a really long time. These are all good songs, just like Jive was saying. I agree 100%. Lee should never, ever go as long as 21 shows without being played. It's so good. It's like one of their better songs. And Time to Flee, same deal, right? Amazing song. They didn't really flesh this one out, but they at least like took it out of the bag and played it for everybody at this show. They were doing something special for the folks who were at this one. And I think that's pretty great. And the, the Rosalie McFall is just spectacular. What a, what a cool thing to throw into a show. And it's cool that the band is kind of old enough at this point to throw things in like that as massive treats. I don't know. It's great. And then the other thing to mention in this show is the hunger site, which really has a huge flow down fake out before the Rosalie McFall, uh, which mm. I thought was actually really cool and fun. I'm not like the biggest flow down fan, but this was good. Tease it. You know what? Tease uh, that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tease that shit for sure. Uh, yeah, just, just tease it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all we need so, here. I, you know, it's, it's really interesting, Neil. Uh, about the bust outs and kind of coming in, coming in bunches sometimes. When you look at when you look at the current show gaps, it's you you, you see a lot of pairings. So right now, Eurotion and Dragonfly, twenty one show gap. Doobie and Doc Brown, twenty six show gap. El Megan mm. and Burns Within, forty one show gap. So Great. they tend to. They tend to kind of, you know, pair bunch those up, you know, when they do when they do play the more rare or less played songs. So it's just interesting because, um, yeah, this this was one of those shows where it's like, wow, they really did. They really did pull from the from the from the lower side of the list for that first set. I mean, everything was was, you know, not really in in heavy rotation. So, um but yeah, that's cool. That's that's probably a really fun show to be at, I think. Um, and this would have uh, been sick. Venue looked cool. Yeah, too. I was gonna say that too. Yeah, yeah. L- looked yeah. like a looked like a pretty cool venue. So, like, um, like bleachered like stands, not even though like cement, sort of like missiony, but outdoors. Yeah. Okay, set two. Into the mist. Arcadia, Rosewood Heart, Dripfield, Slow Ready, Encore, Tumble. <clears throat> so. Not quite as not quite as unique as the first set, um, you know. Maybe with the exception of the tumble encore, which is which isn't something you see every day. Um, but again, on paper, 
This is a, this is a really hot set. Yeah, except I mean, for the unfinished mist, you know, we know how you well, feel about that. But just a great mix. Like I'd listen to that set on a drop anytime if you gave me those songs as a pick. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm not, I won't say too much about it. Uh, I, I I think for me the rosewood uh, is probably the the jam highlight here. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. kind of kind of a unique version. Uh, it's not going to land super high on the playlist, but there's been so many good rosewoods. It's, it's that's that's another one we talk about. Some of the songs that are just kind of crushing. Um, yeah, rosewood is one where I feel like we've gotten some really good variation in. Mm-hmm. In the improv, and, and, and not yeah, even and just improv, improv, how, how they're improv. approaching kind of the that that normal first jam. You usually, you know, historically, you had that you could just bank on that first rosewood jam. You'd come out there, you hit that first jam. It wouldn't vary too much, and then you go into that second jam. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's been a lot of variance this year, and uh, and this is this is another good one. Yeah, it's it's really really good, and you know. The drums have been king in Rosewood, and this is, you know, by this point in the tour, it's becoming clear that Jeb is really on another level uh, during summer tour. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just crushing it every night. You know, that that new timbale cutting right through the mix, um, and just everything he's doing is really more present uh, in the band's sound, which we've been hearing all year, but it really kind of came through on the summer tour. And so he and Spud's locking in on this rosewood like they've been doing in many rosewood jams this year just sound absolutely amazing and i mean also rick and peter on that that little arkansas traveler tease uh in the drip field you know that was really fun you know also trying to remember what song it was that they were teasing uh you know being so familiar with it but you know like a a traditional song you know uh I, I remember listening to the garcia and grisman version uh when i was really young and so it's just a, a nice treat and you could tell the two of them smiling as they you know they played the riff on guitar was really nice um but yeah and then you know as you mentioned the tumble encore kind of unique placement for this song uh you know th- this song was due and and in a show where they were playing a lot of songs on these long gaps you know were they going to play tumble uh and 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 they got it in there, uh, but this was all in all just a. It was a fantastic set. Yeah, not much to add. I mean, this was this was a cool show. I love this show. When you look at this tour as a whole, this one stands out with a few other shows, just because of how different it is. And yeah, it's worth going back and checking out. I I really enjoy it. And you know, the Rosewood here definitely very good. Um, that was a thirteen show gap when they played that played that Rosewood, which is crazy that Rosewood could ever go that long without being played. And similarly into the mist went 12 shows, but I think that's what happens when you play a lot of festival shows. And then you play some other shows like Chicago, where you're trying to play some of the hits and then you're not necessarily playing some of these songs. So that's what ends up happening. So what's interesting about Rosewood too, is that it had a longer gap last fall. It wasn't played from Kansas city until Goosemas. Like they, they left it off the entirety of Taboo's tour, which is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's too beautiful of a song to not be played. Some people really I, love this song. You know, they would make their Twitter handle something related to the song. <laughs> and, you know, to have it be. <laughs> not there there, there are two long. such people on this I podcast. <laughs> yeah, there are two. No, it, this felt like a, that's a great point. This was, a, this is a great song that should have been played to more of that fish fan base. Maya you know, agrees. Whether it's exactly she knows when I start talking about Rosewood, 
whether it's sort of like a Reba, if you want, I mean, it's different, of course, but it's got sort of this very powerful lyrics, composition, and jam, and just like everyone's saying, it crushes. Maya is D's dog, uh, for anyone who she's been mentioned a couple of times already. I just wanted she's to got, yeah, clear that up. Make timely arrivals, too. <laughs> Nearly a person, really. I mean, yeah. almost a person. My my is my is basically part of this podcast. Yeah, I uh, yeah, nothing better, nothing more for me to say. But great show, fun show, just top to bottom kind of. Neil, shall we uh, head over to Pennsylvania and talk about Let's the talk incredible about night that we had here at Peach? Yes, I do. This, just fair warning for everyone: there's going to be a lot of attendance bias from Neil and I uh, in in the forthcoming recap of this I mean, show. So much not, happened at the not, show not, that I'm so excited yeah. about. So, not a vibes report. This is not a vibes yeah, report. It's not a vibes report. I'm going to do my best. Although there is some vibe stuff that we do have to talk about in this, and it's not vibes that I felt. Uh, Jeff, Captain yeah. Incredible, was at the show. Something really special happened for him, and we should talk about that. I want to talk about mm-hmm. like my personal experience. We'll get there. So this was a, a special show. I think this was a really interesting show for a couple reasons. Uh, namely, again, the thing that we're going to get to. But I think it was also really well played, and the the set list is is very very good for a goose show. And I won't talk about any of the other experiences that I had while I was at Peach, because Peach was amazing, and the vibe there was incredible. Yeah, I think it all gets kicked off with Goose playing this set on the first night. So to kick it off, this is June 29th, twenty twenty three, Peach Music Festival listed as Scranton, but I think it's actually Music. Where the the venue actually it's, is? It's in Scranton. It's, it's, uh, it's Scranton. but in any case, uh, set one Scranton? Uh, <laughs> unique Scranton. set opener here. So this is already something different is happening. They open the first set with "Feel It Now." So that is some exciting stuff. For the most part, and maybe always, in previous plays of this song, yeah. "Feel It Now" has showed up in the second set. This may be the first time it's played in the first set. I haven't verified that, but I think that's actually true. Yes. Then you get. Then you get the actual traditional opener with the Mr. Action. And then in the three spot, you get a Rockdale. So, I mean, we're just shooting flames here to start this show. Flamethrowers. Yeah. And then lead up. So they're, you know, they're playing their big song for this big crowd. Then Turbulence, another opener that kind of could have showed up in the, the opener slot area. And then you get Butter Rum to close out the set. And... So jams wise, I don't think there's really much to go back to here, but in terms of a festival set and showing up and really laying it down and playing something great, I think the band did that. Yeah. And you and I, and you and I kind of started the show, you know, further back in the pavilion and then my dad, you know, texted me, I guess during feel it now, Mr. Action was like, Hey, like I just kind of walked up to the rail right in front of Peter and there's, there's space here, like come down. And you know, I went down, Neil, you were a bit, skeptical and you came down at set break um but it was just well, like want to get his eye socket sounds like Neil. this is this is the, the the you know the the first time i've been on the rail for goose uh likely one of the only times ever you know that this rail experience obviously being at a festival was like you know super laid back there weren't a ton of people you know we like during set break there was just so much like people like half the people on the rail left uh and and went went elsewhere and then you know there was just space and it was lovely uh, shout out to to Sam Ray, Spuds's fiance, who came and hung out with us for a bit during the second set. Um, you know, Peter, who uh, you know, 
made eye contact with me a few times. Jesus oh, Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think the important thing to bring up here is that what was unique it, about the show is that it was not did all it. like goose diehards. And yeah. you were actually able to walk up to a open rail spot at the show yeah. and stand there. Because we brought this up on the day after show and some people were upset. They were saying like being on the rail is a privilege. You have to work really hard to be on the rail. That was not the case at this show. It was there for the taking. And yeah. we just kind of walked up. I mean, it wasn't a prime spot. We were kind of almost behind Peter. I thought it was a prime right. spot. I, I was okay. But I think we're getting I, I hope, too far into the vibes I, report here. Yeah. He looks hope, like he's ready to shut it down. Made, I hope he made people mad. Is it, is, is it harder to get that kind of eye contact from Peter if there are more recognizable people on the rail? Or was that... Probably. I think it's probably true. Listen, this right. is I, I think I think we agree with with lead up connoisseurs, Lucas Anderton and Captain Incredible. I think we've agreed that this is the GOAT lead up uh played so far. So that's that's something notable in this first set. But otherwise, just you know, vibes were high. The rum got into really cool jam. Trevor Bass in this rum. Excellent. Yeah, it was good. It was a good first set. It's like they like rewire. It's like it, like I would rework the first set a little bit personally of the song choices, but it's like there's a lot of it's very high energy. You know, like you, you might want your Rockdale closer, mixture action opener, turbulence next, feeling like you could change the set a little bit. Yeah. But it's a it, it was full. That's maybe my only complaint. Just like yeah, like I said, like a butter rum closer. Yeah, they do it here and there feel it now to open now that like gets you right going i get that it's a package jam in the composition you know so um yeah nothing crazy for me it, i like listening here, to yeah. it could have used a jammer like could have yeah. used a, a, a lengthier jam which the first set did not have well take yeah. us into set two. Oh no well, just, just, what, just real quick uh, i don't know that i that feel it now as a show opener is i don't know that we'll end up seeing it there very often mm-hmm. yep i think it's i fair. think it I think it. I think it's like you mentioned. I mean, I think it's home is is set to kind of come in that set to song two slot. I think is really perfect for it. But um, as an opener, it's such a great song, so it's hard to argue it anywhere. But yeah, Mr. Action, open with Mr. Action. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Take us into set two. All right, set two, and this is where things get interesting for this show. Yeah. I mean, this gets real interesting. So this is, you know, I am going to have to bring some vibes into this. Uh, this is when I had moved up to the rail. Yeah. Didn't really have big expectations after that first set for this to be kind of any kind of jams or anything like that. But so set two, you get Fish in the Sea opener, uh, Redbird, Silver Rising, Drive, Full Drive. With first Jam. Not not with, full drive. It's not well, the full with drive jam. still. With jam. Drive with jam. In a long time. Into Hollywood Nights. Then you get 726 into Thatch. And what's notable about this set, super notable about that. Well, there's a couple notable things. But the one thing I really, really want to talk about is that. The Hollywood Nights. Uh, not the Hollywood Nights. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, and you know, Jeff, friend of the pod, again mentioned for like the fourth time here, had said he really wanted to hear this song, um, Hollywood Nights, for his birthday. And yeah. like, he wasn't like actively requesting the song. He just kind of like was saying like, 
this is a song I love. And I, I, in, I really, in context, really... hopefully we're not doxing him, but he lives in the same place that Bob Seger comes from. Oh, is that true? That, that is true. I, I, I think we're talking about a different song here, but yeah, seven two six. Yeah, but but he did request it. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it is a formal request. So, but but he loves Hollywood Nights too. This is he this does is also love Hollywood Nights. So, uh, yeah, and he loves Lita. There have he been yeah, there, there have been threats of uh, shirt removal during a Hollywood <laughs> Nights from from Jeff repeatedly. So, so in any case, they they played the seven two six. There were tweets that followed from Peter, especially which said like, "There you go," which was like, "We did this one for you, man," and that is so ridiculously cool. They don't need to do it all the time, yeah. but every once in a while when they kind of pay appreciation to fans, I think that buys a lot of capital with other fans. And I am one of those fans that it bought capital with. I just thought it was the coolest thing. I think Jeff deserved it. He does a, a lot of you know, content creation for this band. He talks about this band a lot, and I, I think they appreciate him, and they did that for him, and I thought that was super great. But yeah. going back to the music and talking about this set, a Fish in the Sea is always amazing to hear when Goose plays it. And then the Redbird that they play in the set is a very, very, very good Redbird in a sea of really, really good Redbirds this summer. But this is on the upper echelon of Redbirds as I see it. And kind of throwing us back to when we were talking about Peter's piano sound, where he can kind of do that upright piano thing, or he can have that really rich piano sound. This one had the most beautiful rich piano sound that I have heard in a Redbird yet. And it was awesome. And I still go back and listen to this Redbird because I just love how the piano sounds in this song. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to talk about this set. I want to mention this, this drive. Uh, and you know, the, there was a moment, you know, it being a festival, not everyone's super diehard goose fan. So obviously not a ton of people in the audience know about the whole, Drive hasn't jammed at all in 2023 going into oh, this yeah. show. And so, <laughs> so they start that. drive, you know, Neil and I kind of look at each other like, all right, like, you know, mid second set, we'll see what happens. And they, they do the guitar solo. It gets extended. Like they've been doing this year. And then they, you know, they close out the guitar solo and they, they kind of pause for that moment. And Neil kind of, Neil and I kind of like grabbed each other and we were like looking like, Oh, and then, you know, Rick starts, Rick starts the jam. And, you know, the two of us start like jumping up and down and screaming and being really excited about it. And I, you know, there were a lot of people around us were kind of looking at us like, why are you <laughs> so are you excited doing? about this? Like, you know, um, but it, it was really, it was really cool, uh, you know, that, that, that they jam drive again. And so I'm hoping this means that, you know, this fall when they come back on the road in September, that we're going to get some, you know, longer drives. Maybe, maybe the woes will come back. You know, we, we can always dream, um, but this was just an awesome set. You know, vibes were high. I heard from some people who were you know, not as huge Goose fans as us. Uh, they felt that this set was a little bit slower paced, um, which I found interesting, you know, having Red Bird, Silver Rising, and 726 in the same set. But, you know, as somebody who knows the Goose catalog, like this, this didn't feel like, it. you know, it wasn't very well paced. You know, I, I thought it was amazing and, you know, that thatch was always coming, you know. That this this put me this put me back in the fifty percent club, you know. I'm proud to still be in the fifty percent club for thatch. Um, <laughs> I've seen ten out of the twenty versions, um, but you know, no, no it, one cares. 
That's Thank impressive. You. Nobody does care though. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate the love from both of you. Uh, but this was just a really excellent set. You know, I will. I I love fish in the sea in this opener slot. That's that's my. So last just here. one last point, and really quick. Um, when they started playing that drive section, Ryan and I did lose our minds. Yep. There were there were some looks from strangers and people like, "What the hell are these nerds doing?" And it was amazing. <laughs> but we were excited uh, because it was the first time in a long time that, that they had jammed out the drive. So. Yeah, first time since the cap, you know, it was, it was a big deal. Uh, you can't really complain about Silver Rising and 726. Redbird, that, that doesn't even fit in that same c- category. I mean, Redbird's a banger. So, But when you're dropping multiple bangers, and I'm talking about Hollywood Nights. Uh, you, you're going to have to cool that set down a couple times, and so that's you, sometimes that happens. And you're going to get a Silver Rising, a seven two six. They probably could have played this old C after Hollywood Nights. Can you uh, can you sing it again for us, please? Miss Hollywood Hills, Miss Big City Nights. <laughs> Well, you know, Neil and I stayed in uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, but the band did not. Uh, they went back to nope. Ohio on, on June 30th uh, for residence. So, D, why don't you uh, get us in there? Sick cover art. Oh, you know I like to do that, Ryan. Um, <laughs> so on, June... <laughs> on June 30th here at Resonance Music Festival at uh, was it Nelson Ledges, right? Yeah. Is the park? Yes, sir. Yep. Um, our boy Jeff, once again, representing. So set one, we got jive one opener followed by a little Loggins action, yeah. baby. Let's go. I'm all right in to make the move. And then we had a lead the way little bust out there. Um, nice. All I need travelers pancakes. I mean, another great set. I'm a Loggins fan. Not a, n- will not deny it or hide it. Um, I can't deny it. (laughs) (laughs) I like the look of this set. I think it's got like a nice sort of it. It it has like a 2018, like older style feel, Mm -hmm. like a good mix of the jive, like a jive opener. You get the logins, lead the way, which was what was that gap, Neil? This one wasn't super long. This is, you know, it came back, it came back in Boise. You know, 40 shows oh, that's and right. then that's Warfield. Right. And so this was 15. Boise was 40, you said? Which, yeah, but but honestly, the, the 15, 15 show gap was... That feels... 12 to 15 is a good 14. Yeah, 14. Long. pretty long. Pretty long for it, We Lead yeah. the Way. And yes, I agree, B. Yeah. But um, All I Need, great All I Need. Nice extended. Uh, obviously, we still haven't had a second jam All I Need in... What, je- how many nine months or ten, something pretty crazy or yeah, it's a, big a lot time of now. time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, travelers also making an appearance here. I like a pancakes to close. Just a great, great mix. I think there's a cool festival. I mean, another festival, but more so obviously almost it's a headlining gig with two full sets and um, crushed it. Yeah. I love the, I love how this set sounds. Only the second unfinished all I need in the song's history. You know, I talked about this earlier, but just interesting tidbit to know you know they they don't return home there you know interesting jam for a couple of minutes nice to see logins come back again you know nice uh nice energy boost to the set you know 74 show gap there last played uh in tahoe last year and otherwise yeah this is a great 
great set. Uh, you know, Peter teasing us, you know, knowing that Great Blue is playing the next day and, you know, knowing that people want to hear Lily's Tiger, he throws in the Lily's Tiger tease in, in, in the pancakes. Uh, you know, he's, he's leading us on. You know, he knows that we want it. He's leading the way. Yeah. yeah. Play I it. like leading the way, again. too. Oh, so speaking of... That's the, is that a Jive Goose guarantee? Well, I mean, I'm just... That's just my... my just thought in the moment. I think I think that's too good of a song. And if he's gonna and if he's gonna do that, then you can't not play it ever again. It's, true. it's coming. As a composed piece of music, Labyrinth or Lily's Tiger. Oh Lily's Tiger. Hundred percent of the time. Yeah. yeah. Lily's totally. Because uh, the I like time investment is low and like, you know, you get the thing, but in any case, uh while we're talking about clubs, I'm in the hundred percent club on Lily's Tiger. <clears throat> I've seen them. I've seen them all. Who are you? All two. Uh, <laughs> all two of them. But no, this, I mean, this is a cool set. And the interesting thing about this is we want to call this a festival set or a festival show. And I don't think this is a festival show. No, no, no. This is, this is a goose show. This is a show centered around goose playing two sets. There just so happened to be it's other nice bands game. playing there. And I, I really do firmly believe that. And that is not to kind of, put down Umphreys in any way because Umphreys really does make it a true festival to some degree or another. But I think most of the people that went to this were going there to see Goose and Goose played a regular two set Goose show and you got some really good stuff. I mean, you got the first travelers in like 20 shows, I think it's 20 shows. So yep. that's really cool. And that's always a, a rarity. And then the, the, all I need in this first set is really good. And then lead the way anytime they play it at this point, like you feel Lucky and Love grateful because it. it's it's rare. Hey, man, I don't think you're going to disrespect any Humphreys fans when Humphreys helped deliver the best goose jam of this weekend. <laughs> true. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I, I I don't I don't agree with that. But yeah, um, I don't um, agree with either. But um, it's one of the best. All right. Anybody else got anything? Set two. Uh, let, let's hit set, set two. two. Let's hit set two. Set two. Another bang in arrow, uh, touching on the thirty minute mark to open, followed by SOS, into Doctor Darkness, Wisteria, and Katie's real favorite, Love Light. Um, that's not actually. She likes dancing in the moonlight. Sorry, Katie, but turn on your Love Light to finish. Um, <laughs> but I thought, yeah, another big arrow here. Once again, showing the quality that the song has had. They're tr they're finding some different jams, you know, taking it a little bit more typical. But it's uh, I, I don't think this one had some of the fluidity of um, Louisville's, mm -hmm. but it, it had a little bit more of that dead space, which you know we've kind of come to see with Arrow. But it, what was nice is it didn't it didn't fizzle. It sort of they were able to wrap it up really well. I thought and. You follow it up with SOS second sl slot. It's just like there's no cooling down there. Doctor Darkness is a, I think, a great pick. This one hadn't shown up in a little bit either, which had been rare for how normal it was. What ten shows maybe at this point, Neil or something probably. I feel like it had a little bit of a bigger gap than it had for a while, so it felt um, unique. And then, yeah, Wisteria to kind of wrap it up before more or less an encore of Love Light. They did an encore, right? Because I thought it was a no, I thought he said that. Non-core to the show. No, no, but it, but Peter said we have one more after Wisteria, and then they kind of... Yeah. I thought they were, like, coming to the festival, end. It's a festival, so it's a, you know... It was. Yeah, but 
but I another once again, like Neil said, this is this is a goose set, just a full you know. There's no festival sort of confines on it, and but killer show, top to bottom. Personally, I mean, with the way Arrow's been going, I don't really have many complaints here. I really liked the set. Yeah, yeah, I think you get two big jams in this set, right? You get the Arrow that approaches thirty minutes. And, wisteria, yeah. and then you get the wisteria that I think actually picks up where the arrow left off. And this area arrow has like a really cool segment in it, which again, I was kind of talking about earlier where kind of Peter does this like rumbling, almost like a busy signal sound on the, the, the clav. And it sounds intense. Yeah. In this one, it's really, really good. And after the show, we weren't actually listening to this show live. Right. So we actually had to ask a friend uh, what this sounded like. And his <laughs> vocal representation of this jam was just like. And like. It's out there on Twitter. That's exactly what it sounds like. If you follow 902 Vickers and you scroll back far enough, you can find this. Oh, did he actually post that onto. Vickers posted it. We'd like to shout out, you know, Captain Incredible Jeff for the 17th time on this episode. Yeah. Uh, and thank him for the, the vocal representation of this wisteria. Yeah. Which, uh, well, no, the, well, that, that was his representation of the wisteria, but like it actually happens in the arrow too. Right. I think that's the, the important part to, to mention wisteria, like the abbreviated version of like where this jam began with arrow. But uh, this, I mean, this is a good set. This is really, really cool stuff. And I, I think it lends itself to the vibe at this particular show. As I understand it, it was as close to lawless as a show can be. <laughs> and having been to like some lawless shows over the years, like I can appreciate those shows. It makes it feel different and it feels different for the crowd. It feels different for the band. I think back to um, the Pines in, in Eau, Claire. Eau Claire when I was at that show. And that show, Kevin, you can agree, felt virtually lawless. You could do whatever you wanted. You could have showed up with like, a backpack full of beer sat down in the middle of the crowd and just opened up every single beer and just drank it one after another. And nobody would have said anything to you. Nope. We did. We had a cooler full of beer. It was its own little community for fucking 48 hours in the, in the Charleston, the Charleston. And, And so when that happens, when there is a community at a show and everybody feels like they're together, it changes the vibe of the whole entire show. And I feel like that translates to the band. And it, it you have to imagine they put, the you have to imagine that they pick up on it just as a matter of like playing like holy shit the vibe you know we don't like to talk about vibes we want to quantify things but like you have to imagine that the the band itself picks up on just the the positivity and you know hopefully feeds off it show higher yeah. yeah so there was a looseness here at this show that I think showed up in this arrow and it showed up in this wisteria the band just kind of wanted to just let it all hang out. They didn't feel like they had to do anything to impress anyone, I guess. They just wanted to just play jams. And that's what happened at the show. Yeah. So awesome. Really, really cool. And I think it that vibe continues on even more so into the second night. Yeah, and I agree. While this may have been the second best 30-minute arrow of the tour, this is still a fantastic arrow. And I'm I'm yep. just you know, I want to say again how happy I am that Arrow is coming back with these amazing jams this year. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time on this podcast ripping on Arrow and just talking about how Arrow is like, there it is, you know, Arrow again, 25 minutes, not much happening. 
Um, but you know, shout out to Arrow here, doing great. Uh, Doctor Darkness, you know, not the first time it's gonna, or this is the first time it's gonna show up in the second set on this tour, not the last. Uh, really weird placement for this song, I think. Uh, I, I you know, th this kind of belongs early first set for me. Um, but the wisteria here is excellent. You know, nice, nice grimy little jam uh, that they get into, and and love lights always fun. You know, it's it's just yeah. solid solid show, solid show. This would have been this this would have been my pick there. The the, the our, our our pick that's a Eurotian slot right there for me. Yeah. After SOS, big air, hundred percent. Settle it with Eurotian. Eurotian is area. is is very underplayed this year. I feel like do also like, yeah. You know, like where is it? It's a fantastic song. Love it. It's a tricky song because I feel like you have to be careful with it because you can kind of let the air out of the tires with that song too. Like you can almost get too laid back. Right. Of a landing pad, but I hear you. It it does need to come back and be played. We, we need we need a Eurotian here yep. and there. Uh, well, let, let's, uh, you know, I, let's I'm very happy going. I get to lead off the next show here because, you know, it's Canada Day, uh, July 1st. And my birthday. And your birthday, D. You know, unfortunately, there were no fireworks to commemorate the holiday down there in Garrettsville, Ohio. Well, my birthday. Um, Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Like, ridiculous. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty solid set. Anyhow, you got the nice flopener uh, here into Butterflies. The W.S. Walcott Medicine Show, Echo of a Rose, Earthlinger Alien, and Hot Tea. Still waiting for the return of the big Walcott jam, you know. Um, this is something that's been missing the last number of plays. This and the way it is, you know, the, these tight, shorter versions are great, and they're amazing covers for Goose. But, like, you know, we know what it's capable of. We, we know there are jams to be had. We need it to come back, please. Uh, Cut the Earthling out and jam the Walcott. Right, no, exactly. Something like that. I love yeah. butterflies in the first set. Like th so this good. song, just I, I just I, I really love this song, uh, and I'm happy that you know Peter could have played it with Great Blue uh, on July 1st when he when he played it with Great Blue. But I'm really happy that he saved it uh, to play with Goose. You know, it just sounds so good uh, with this band. I love it. Echo in this set, you know, kind of goes into a similar category to me. With uh, you know, you have the, the Cincinnati version. Uh, you have the the chrysalis from last year. These these twenty minute versions that are just like really solid. You know, it's not it's not going on my playlist. Uh, I think most of us agree on that. You know, some old people may have a skewed opinion on on this twenty minute echo, um, but it's it's a really solid jam. Uh, I I don't personally think it's worthy of being on the playlist, but it's a very enjoyable. Listen, you know, concise Earthling. Really confusing uh, about this song. You know, it started off the year so strong with the cap and then Roadrunner. Um, and then it's kind of been like 10 to 13 minutes uh, ever since, which is really interesting. And then, you know, uh, set closer, that shit, hot tea. Uh, you know, they're at a festival. They're, they're in Shohio. They're having a good time. They're going to play tea. B? Neil, is this Echo on your playlist? It is not. I, he's like, smart. That, that surprises me. That's what do you like me. about just the record? I think that's the, no, the just question. For the record, but this is, this is this is this in but, our hotel room after Peach, and we immediately came to the same conclusion. This is a solid but, jam, but it goes in the bucket with the chrysalis and stuff like where it's good. Neil has a not Neil has a long history of really, really liking this this kind of echo, and I think this is actually one of the better this kinds of echo. 
Um, so it's hanging around in my playlist. It's, it's hanging in there. When you say this kind, are you just talking like the the style that they play it in? Yeah, the yeah, the, the more kind right. of straightforward, just high energy. Um, but yeah, I think I think this one kind of does that better than a lot of the other ones have. So, but highlight of the set, obviously. I, I don't. There's not much. Oh, agreed. To say about this set. Yeah, I mean that is the anchor of this set, right? When you go and look at this set, that is the best jam that they played here in this set. I actually. This one, this set does feel weirdly festy to me. Mm. Uh, the hot tea set one closer is just bizarre, and then the abbreviated Earthling Aurelian is also strange, because I think at this point they've established that it is a jam vehicle, but then they unestablished it really fast as <laughs> a jam vehicle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shout so out to the that's fascinating. One. Some of but, us you know, know how good it is. You get the WS Wellkit. Like I mean, that's that's cool, and then. There's really not much else to say about this set. Yeah. Anyone else got anything else? All right. Uh, let, let's let's hit set two here. Uh, we've got So Ready, Spirit of the Dark Horse, The Return, Dancing in the Moonlight, also The Return, White Lights, Loose Ends, White Lights, Bob Don, Empress with Jake and Joel, and Madhavan. This is a this is a really cool set for a lot of reasons. You know, for us. <laughs> thank thank you, Kev. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to throw it over to you as our, our resident Umphreys expert here, um, you know, as, as the man who has Umphreys in his Twitter bio. Um, but I, we'll get there. Uh, you know, so ready, always fun as a set opener. Get 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 the energy going. First Dark Horse of 2023. You know, last seen in Boulder in December. 45 shows. You know, just short of uh, getting that notable gap notation uh, on the set list. But nice to see Dark Horse come back. You know. Still looking for that thunder ending. You know, Neil and I were talking about this, uh, it, at, you know, in the hotel after Peach. We were like, as we were listening to this, we were like, I listened to the end of the song, and I'm just wait. I, I'm like expecting the thunder ending to happen, even though it's only happened once. Like, it's just, it's so good. It's so incredible. It's just, just musically and just the way, way it closes out the song. It's just amazing. Uh, Dancing in the Moonlight comes next. You know, that's where we, we shout out Katie. Again, uh, you know, she loves this song. Uh, it's a great cover. You know, last played last year in Charlotte. Um, you know, pretty pretty long gap there, 112 shows. Um, and uh-huh. then, you know, White Lights, Loose Ends, White Lights. Shout out to our good friend Noah Ray. Finally getting that Loose Ends that he was chasing. You know, he'd been, he'd been teased a couple of times. Um, but, you know, he got it. Um, and then Bob Don. Empress with Joel and Jake, you know, I, I can't say enough about this, uh, you know, as a keyboard guy as well, hearing Joel just rip on Empress, uh, you know, on the vintage vibe and, and then on piano, like just the way this jam goes, it's, it's, it, this is musically probably the best sit in in Goose history, um, I, I think, and I'll, you know, I'll let you guys talk about this a little bit more. Neil, you're looking surprised. We, we drew the same conclusion the first time we heard it. Um, and then uh, I don't know I if thought that we did version I came to, but I thought uh, we did. There may we'll have talk been about it. Involved. And then, you know, and then solid Madhavan closer. Um, but let, let's throw it over you there, B. Go ahead, B. So, <laughs> so, so a couple of things real quick. So it's funny because we talked about a little bit about logins earlier and then you know, now you're talking about the thunder ending and it makes me, so I have to think of Perry and 
the the that six fifteen twenty one Perry New York show that had the famous like huge jams. That that remains a top top all time goose show. Yes, and for a number of reasons, but one of those reasons is th- is thunder, and so if 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 you don't listen to, uh, you know that June fifteenth, twenty twenty one show, you know at least once a year or something, and go back and just listen to at that least whole once show. A year. It's 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 just that Empress all the time. It's 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 an yeah it's an all timer. But speaking of of Empress, uh, yeah, so I I think it's so good. Um, I think that, uh, you know, what Jake and, and Joel do, and, and maybe Jake more, more for me, but, uh, you know, the energy and the kind of creativity that they bring and the style, their own style, you know what I mean? That they, that they bring to this song, I, I thought was, was super, super cool. And not to go on and on about it, I think it's I think it's a it's a top top version. There's actually some really cool improv in here. This isn't just about you know Jake and Rick lighting it up and then yeah. you know Joel doing cool shit. There's actually some some really good improv in here. Uh, but the one thing that I did want to mention about this is that I couldn't help but think I really hope Rick. Uh, you know, here's some of the stuff that Jake was doing in this. And I would love to see him incorporate some of that stuff. Like, you know, just the, the, the way he moved in between sections here and the licks he was throwing in. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, it was truly awesome. And yeah, I don't know this, this could, this, if this isn't the greatest sit in, then that there's only two that you could be thinking about. And that's probably, that's gotta be Trey all I need or Grippo flea. Uh, the, the, this is top, top stuff. And yeah, I stand by what I said uh, earlier that this is the jam of, of resonance for me. And so, you know, Umphreys has been doing it for 25 years, right? Uh, Thank you, these, Kev. these guys are consummate professionals. They, uh, sit in or have had people sit in like all over the circuit, all of these other different artists. And I think a lot of us were waiting uh, at least a lot of us Umphreys crossover fans were waiting uh, for this sort of moment to happen. Uh, a lot of us were prepared for it to first happen uh, in June of 2020, uh, when they were supposed to open up for, when Goose was supposed to open up for Umphreys uh, right. at Red Rocks. Yeah. And, you know, COVID happened, that kind of got thrown to the side and, you know, Goose went on their trajectory uh, as they did. So to see this kind of come back full circle, uh, I am uh before i got into goose very much an umphreys guy uh b you hit the nail on the head in terms of like how i view jake like jake just isn't a guitar player like he's got his own tone he has his own style like he's got his own like uh accessories on his guitar that like suit the way that he plays uh so to have that that sort of uniqueness and and ryan i mean uh your relationship your increasing relationship with joel uh you know that he is a professional like he knows his instruments he knows song uh composure and structure and all these other uh musical theory things so to see like all of this knowledge come together on one stage and to see the product produce out of that like like legit in the moment goosebumps man goosebumps so one thing i do want to say is 
when you listen to Jake and you listen to Rick play side by side, there's not an exact one for one copy there. But when you listen to some things that Rick does and you listen to some things that Jake does, you're like, oh, this guy has listened to this guy. And this guy Rick, has played Rick, this Rick, guy's licks before. Rick has like, said note that, for note. Yeah, Rick and has said that they're, like, they're, they're fans of Umphreys. They are fans of Umphreys, and that is true. And then the cool thing about this recording, or interesting thing about this recording, is that Peter's vintage vibe is just jacked way up. Like, way up in this Hell recording. Hell yeah, though. Like, I'm uh, yeah, no, it, it makes it actually sound better. I'm really excited about how it turned out. Because, yeah, Joel just sounds so good. And he does a really, really great job of not doing, you know, sit-ins can go a whole bunch of different ways. Like a guy can show up and just like absolutely blast out the way that he plays and he or she plays. And like, that's just like what you hear. That's not what Joel did here. He just accented the song. They knew the song. They cared about the song and they did justice to the song. And -hmm. that's what makes this a really, really great sit-in. They, they knew it. When Grippo showed up and he played Flea, that is an amazing sit-in because Grippo is an amazing musician. There was a vibe in the moment. He just fit in nicely. His ear was good enough so he could hear what the band was playing. He did not practice flea. He didn't practice like a 30-minute flea jam, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a very, very different thing. And this is really, really cool. And that is what I like about all of this is there's some interplay between Rick and, and Jake. There is Joel accenting the music and really respecting the song and, and adding still standing out because he's just such an amazing musician. Yeah. And, but like, he didn't need to step on anybody to do that. And so it all just worked out perfectly. And in a way, when you listen back to like the Taboose jams, like I think this worked better than Trey and Rick kind of trading licks and doing the dogfight thing. This was cool and it sounded good and organic. This is also cool because, you know, you talk about how well rehearsed Joel and Jake sounded, uh, you know, talking to talking to Peter after SPAC, you know, I asked him about this sit in and he said that they decided on Empress the morning of July 1st. Uh, and so Jake and Joel, like it sounds like, you know, it was maybe they probably needed a week to listen before. to it. They probably needed to listen to it once. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. It sounded like maybe like a week before even they, they had decided on what song they were going to play. And like, all right, like we have time to learn this. You know, you know, Neil and I, you and I were like freaking out about like Jake kind of playing off some of the, the licks within the song uh, the first time we listened to it all the way through. But it's really amazing to hear how well rehearsed they sounded just having decided on the song the morning of the show and you know like i know i know i i know at least joel had heard this song before uh but i you know obviously they're not super familiar with the goose catalog and not super familiar with empress and so it's amazing that they went on stage and it's also cool to hear peter kind of calling out some cues to them uh you know thank you to goose for releasing the video of this jam just a couple of days uh before we recorded this um so really amazing to hear or to see finally what was going on during this jam you know some of Rick's reactions to Jake's licks and, you know, the way Peter and Joel looked at each other after they finished their little, you know, trading solo section was really awesome. Um, and Peter calling out like big G like, you know, at the end of the song for the last note uh, and some of the other cues, but it was just, just an incredible, incredible moment. Yeah. Just one more note about this. If you look up Joel's Twitter, he actually does talk about how they learned this song. And I don't know if any of you all have seen this, but like it's within the last couple of days he tweeted about this and he was just saying that, you know, he and Jake sat down 
listened to the song, figured out the big parts of the song, and then reached out to the band to Goose and asked, what are, what are these parts, these more intricate parts? We don't really know these. But that is the thought that they had going into this. They really cared about this sit-in, and it's reflected in the music. I'd be curious, like my, again, my talking point here, my one last thought would, out of curiosity would be uh, Rick. Like, what did Rick think about, you know, he obviously got to play with Trey, and I'm sure that, you know, obviously a a lifetime realization of a dream to do that. Uh, What was it like for him uh, to play, to play with Jake? Yeah. Similar, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's a different vibe. You know, we talked about, Rick playing with Trey was more of a, like a deference and respect thing, uh-huh. you know, because, you know, Trey is like, the, you know, Trey is Trey Anastasio of fish, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's a certain respect in, that you need to give him when he's on stage with you, which isn't a, a knock at all. But Jake, I feel like Rick was able to act more as like a peer uh, musically and just be like, we're going to just go at it. And, you know, like, you know, musically, like, you know, whip it out and, and see what happens, you know, whip, like whip, whip it, what up. You know it. Yeah, the sometimes chops. when you whip it the out, chops. you find yeah. some things. <laughs> the trough. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, I. I mean, anyone else have anything else to add here, or shall we uh, move on here to the to the Vickers show? Is the, the Vickers show is Asbury Asbury uh, Night One? Yes. Aspirating Night Aspirating One. Night one. <laughs> <laughs> so the boys get a night off. Uh, Brings us to July 3rd, the Stone Pony Summer Stage uh, in Asbury uh, Park, New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> first set, Wild Night, uh, opener, cover, Van Morrison, uh, Into Elizabeth, Indian River, and Everything Must Go, uh, Turn Clouds, and a sec- uh, first set, Animal Closer. What do y'all think? Another one. What do y'all think? Yet another one. I mean, I don't know. This set doesn't do much for me. It's got a lot of, I, I don't know, you know, Wild Night, I guess, is cool. It's been indicative of a good show when they open with it. Um, I don't know if that necessarily really happened in this first set at all. You is get there a show gap? In there. Do, we have a, do we have a show gap for Wild Night? Uh, oh, we certainly do have a show gap for Wild Night. It was 67 shows. Yeah. 66 shows. Yeah. So then you get, you get an Indian River in the set, which is always great. And then you get actually right here, you get the, in my opinion, the best everything must go that happens. And if you go back and you listen to the, the boards for the show, there's a guy who's standing like at the front of the stage, like screaming out like that was fucking amazing. And the band actually (laughs) reacts to it. And I agree this everything must go is the best everything must go that they've done. And I, I snuck it into the back end of my playlist just because I, wanted to kind of pay respect to the, this show because I think it's, or this version, because it's so good. Yeah. Then you get a turn clouds and an animal, which I think have showed up in those slots quite a bit. That's what you get for the first set here. There's really not much to write home about. Well, I'm going to have to actually go back and check out that everything must go again, because I don't, I don't have quite the, the memory of it, but if it, but I, I love the song. So uh, if it's that good, I want to make sure it's on my radar. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you know, just a you know a pretty, a pretty even keel first set. You know, nothing, nothing like Neil said too too incredible to write home about. So set two, we have Yeti into a creatures, Arcadia, 
B's favorite table flipping song, Electric Avenue, uh, and a very lengthy uh, drip field at 25 minutes, almost 26 minutes long. Is that how it played out? Is it like 26 minutes or is there like some crowd in there? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's about, I think it's about 23. Yeah, I'm sure it's two minutes of banter. So you still get 23 minutes of drip field, which is a lot. And this drip field, I think, is one of the better drip fields that has been played on this tour. I think B probably has more to say about the drip field than I do. This Yeti Creatures is actually really, really good. This segue is actually something to write home about. And this is Hall of Fame. What? Hall of Fame segue. Hall of Fame segue. Ryan is saying. Okay. He pissed pissed his brain out. Yeah, it's, it on is. His, it's on his uh, Segway of the Year list. Yeah. <laughs> so if yeah, we're talking about Segways of the Year, right? Well, let's talk about Segways of the Summer. I really love the, the Elizabeth Caution Elizabeth. Yep. Where does this stack against that, in your opinion? Because I don't know if I like this better than that. I mean, I. it's hard to compare to this because in terms of raw energy, this wins. You know, you're, t- like, you're talking creatures, Arcadia, Segway, Yeti creatures, Yeti, Yeti creatures, creatures, Arcadia. There's not a Segway. There's a, you know, there's a full stop there. Um, but but yet Yeti creatures, like just you know the 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 momentum with which they carry from the Yeti into the creatures, and then what happens during the creatures jam, it's just so hard to top that uh, in terms of Segways. But the, I mean, the caution Elizabeth we talked about earlier is just so phenomenal. Um, and yeah, in in thinking about it realistically. You know that one might be better, and I, by saying that Yeti Creatures is in the Segway Hall of Fame, that's not saying how many Segways are in the Hall of Fame or that this one is the best of the bunch. This is just an amazing, amazing goose Segway that stands above, you know, some of the other full arrow Segways that we've heard earlier in the tour. Clean slide into creatures. Well, another one. It's an easier song. To... <laughs> it's. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a good song to segue into, though. I mean, like we look at uh, looking back to Bingo, the Hot Tea, yeah. creatures. Like it's just. It, it's got a very fluid space, and this one was nice because they kind of were playing with the theme for a couple minutes before they finally all hooked up on it. I feel like it was like a good two, three minutes, just kind of. And we got mad fireworks too. Doesn't lend itself to the soundboard, people. We will say uh, it is a little bit. As our guy B Brendan, uh, who was at the show as well, but on re-listen, was extremely disappointed, and he is against fireworks for the soundboard. Just for a so this is reference. one of those few times where like attendance bias plays out. Like it sounded better when you were there. <laughs> <Big time>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, fun. Yeah, that 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 segment really is kind of what did it for me throughout the whole show. Dripfield, like you guys said, did have a little little action in it. Um, not 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 one of my favorite shows of a full full two setter for them this summer. So, and then of course they close the show up with a magic carpet ride. Nod to B, you know. Nod, yeah, his favorite. A lot of favorites, right? I mean, he's got favorites. B, were you shaking your head in agreeance? Yeah. Electric Avenue. I mean, yeah, not a great set for covers. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> not, uh... 
just like just not as just the whole show you know <laughs> like I'd, uh this is a show i'm not going to be returning to a ton yeah probably. yeah i, I mean I'll, I'll go back to the everything must go yeah like, everything must go. this is the goat everything must go <laughs> well okay fine it is <laughs> it, it is. is but hey, no, no i will also say crazy. and i've said it a ton on this podcast uh, magic carpet ride is not a bad song it's a good song did we talk like, about the I, the Mashke Nada? It's a great song to play at a bar. We have not talked about. We've not. I, like so, yeah. I was pointing at you to talk about the Driftfield Jam because I feel like you oh, have okay. things to say about okay. the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the yeah. Mashke Nada expert here. It's uh, yeah. This is my favorite Driftfield of the year. Jorge Mendez, um, and it's a really cool jam. And yeah, I mean, they, they definitely go into that uh, into that territory in the jam, and and they sit there for a while maybe, but. Um, but yeah, it's a nice long version, um, and I think it's it's pretty interesting and and upbeat. So there hasn't really been a huge Dripfield jammer uh, this year, and yeah, I guess outside of like what Cleveland last year, I mean, there, there really haven't been many really big big Dripfields. Um, but yeah, so this is a really good one. So that was definitely the the highlight of the set with for me, along with the creatures. Uh, so yeah. And then uh, we can roll right into night two. Let's so, uh, listen, we, there's only one America's... person that can talk about this show properly, given what happens late in the second set. Okay, thank you. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, America's birthday, Tuesday, July fourth, can- night two. Day. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to yeah. explain what that holiday means. And uh, we, the, more fingers lost uh, in the U.S. than Canada, I'm assuming. Uh, On our respective days. So, so kind of a kind of a set one of set one openers, really. Atlas Dogs, Turbulence, Mister Action, Butter Rum, Tumble, and then U.S. Blues. And this was the first U.S. Blues uh, from Goose. Is that right? Yes, it's it been is. played with the Rabelo a number of times. But yeah, this is the first. First goose one. So yeah, pretty, pretty straightforward set one. Uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of a lot of songs that could have opened the set just just kind of back to back to back throughout there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then set two, uh, a new cover, "Wild Summer Nights," which I don't think anybody anybody really knew. Yeah. Um, but fun fact: uh, my mom really liked the Eddie and the Cruisers movies. So I didn't know the song, but I knew the movie. So, uh, so that was cool. Uh, shout out to my mom. And then uh, Thatch, Hunger Sight, Mist, What's Up, Ayo. Arrow, Encore, So Ready. So, I mean, I think we'd all agree that this, that this show is pretty much all about the What's Up. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love this slot. Uh, Would you say... Know, the only acceptable time for an unfinished mist is when it goes into what's up. Uh, I would say that I, maybe I mentioned, I might've mentioned an, uh, you know, another couple options. Uh, Dragonfly. Yep. Dragonfly was one. I think that was maybe when we talked about this, but yeah, if you're not going to finish mist, you've got to be coming with the heat and, and they did it. And so cheers, kudos to the band for recognizing that and just knowing that, yeah, you know, we're not going to finish Mist, you know, mid set two, 
we're not we're not going to finish it. But, I, but check this out, though. You know, but what's up? <laughs> it's a crowd, it's a crowd, look, it's a crowd favorite. It's it's one of my favorites. Um, no shit. But no, no. In all seriousness, I don't know. I don't know about the wild summer nights. Uh, I guess there's something to do with the 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 area or something. Um, it was a wild summer night at the show, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, decent thatch, decent hunger site, uh, decent arrow, slow ready encore. I think uh, I, I, I for sure was expecting slow ready to come tonight. So um, I'm actually not lying when I say that this show is probably all about the what's up for me. There you go. Uh, and and what, what's your take on the little Peter rap in the what's up? Oh, yeah, just keeping it keeping it positive and, uh, you know, just I love it. You know what I mean? I love bringing the universe into it and the positive vibes. Yeah, that's what Peter's all about. So you got to love that. How many times have you listened to this WhatsApp since it was played? <laughs> We're talking about that. So we call that the positivity rap. Uh, I don't know if that's noted on El Goose. It's, it's not. It's no, not. But, but <laughs> how, how many, many times? times have I li- yeah. Have I listened to this WhatsApp? Yeah. Um, I mean, a few times, to be honest with you, the, the New Orleans what's up is the, is the one that's, you know, saved to my phone. Mm. Uh, you know, it's my ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) So so that's the, that's the one I listen to the most. On the topic of what's up though, this is one of those songs and, and Goose does have this ability to make a cover their own. This song is, is well, I'm going to get myself in trouble by saying this, but oh it is an atrocious 90s song. Fuck it, off. It's, like, it, it's <laughs> not Fuck good. off. <laughs> but it, 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 it's so good when Goose does it. It really, really is. You remember like the, the Crash Test Dummy song in the 90s? Like the... <laughs> it was in the same bucket. <laughs> Right, it was just kind of a like a kitschy song where you're like, oh, ha ha. Uh, it's way better. It's way better than the crash. But so when Goose does it, yeah. like they do make it their own, and it is very, very good. That is my opinion about yeah. what's up. So I agree with you. When so Goose you're plays suggesting up, that the four non-blondes can't jam is what you're suggesting. I'm certain they cannot, but maybe they can. <laughs> I, for, I, I don't know. I've never listened to their. Recordings of band practice. Maybe so we need is, to dig those up. This is very unfair. I think you're. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not. Nugs isn't dropping four non-blonde soundboards. We got we got Counting Crows <laughs> dropping every day. Well, Counting Crows still plays music, Brian. Thank you. <laughs> Some people call that music. They actually warmed up the stage of another uh, venue we oh, go to in a few. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> The, the wheels have fallen off the wagon at this point. So why don't we just move on to the next show? <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 hit Portland let's hit this baby. one. Uh, Neil, why don't you? Yeah. So fluff leading this into one. the show, like I just want to say, it felt like they were setting up the shows that were coming the night and before. There was a lot on the table for these next two shows. I think these next two shows were really important. Uh, the show that we're about to talk about, which is Thompson's Point, Point in Portland, was a big show. There were a lot of people at this one. There was an even bigger show coming right after that. Uh, and the cool thing about Thompson's Point in Portland is it's like absolutely beautiful. And it is really, really close to Bissell Brothers Brewery, which is like 
the most amazing venue setup that you can ever have at a show where you can go to one of the best breweries in New England, really, truthfully, in my opinion, one of the best breweries in New England, and then walk for about, I don't know, 90 seconds into the venue. So, yeah, it's awesome. And it's in a really picturesque spot. It's, yeah, it's great. And uh, so I did that. I I went to Bissell Brothers. I'm going to actually open a Bissell Brothers beer right now. I'm going to do it. Do that, yeah. Um, while you're talking about it, while I'm talking about it, can we it, hear it on the mic? You guys please? on video, so here it is. Can we hear it on the mic, please? Oh yeah, let's do it. So this Bissell. is a this is a Bissell Brothers substance. Oh, right, yeah. Is this a oh, new sponsor? Yeah. yeah, no. Well, maybe. Like, let's get them. <laughs> let's let's, let's talk get to the beers for free. Um, but yeah, I bought this one right before the show. This one that I'm about to drink. But um, okay, so here we go. So July sixth at Thompson's Point in Portland, Maine. You get the Wales opener, um, which is not too shocking oh, considering God. the location. Such an idiot. Yeah, blew that one. Oops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you get a Rockdale, and then a Bourne that I think everybody was expecting. Oh, this is going to be big. Turns out to be not that big, but still really cool. Then you get the way it is, uh, which there's a little bit of humor there because um, RJ from Osiris. friend RJ. Our good friend RJ, who Parent company happens to be in charge of Osiris, uh, really wants to see that song. Was just at the show, the previous show. Yeah, this Did is, not this is the second time this year that yeah, RJ has seen show. a show that Goose has played it one show away. You know, they played it the day before he was at the Ryman, and uh, and and the show after he was at uh, Asbury Park. So. Um, we love you, RJ, uh, and we hope that you get your way. It is at some, some point. Sometimes some you point. just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta throw up your hands and say, "That's just the way it is." That's the way it is. So, and then hilarious. finishing off the set, you get a rosewood heart and a pancakes. So, on paper, this set is really, really tight, especially mm. with how good Born has been this whole entire tour, and then, well, this whole entire year, rather, not tour. And then how good Rosewood Heart has been this whole entire year as well. I don't think it actually shook out that way in the playing. Rosewood Heart was one of my highlights of the set. The way it is, obviously, always really good to hear. And you know, Bourne was really cool. But just another good set, though. Yeah, it was, I mean, this, solid this set, song, front yeah. to back is solid. Really mm-hmm. solid, good set. Nice little clap action. Everything is 10 minutes, too. Yeah. You know, everything 10 minutes. It's a, these are, you got six songs. We don't need a ton, but they're all great songs. Mm-hmm. Nice little clap action in the pancakes, you know, like just some solid stuff. You know, you guys are talking about like, it, it's, they get there. It's cool, but there's nothing, nothing that's standing out in this set so far. You know, it's very, very solid. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, I was expecting when they started the Pancakes Jam, the sun was setting, and it's really, right. really pretty where this venue is. And I was expecting kind of that big goose sunset jam that we've seen before. We've talked about Perry already. We talked about Dylan already, where huge, really kind of famous goose jams happen right at sunset. It just didn't shake out this way at the show, but I still like loved the set. I thought it was great. I mean, not, not not much else to add, uh, <laughs> but I gotta say, fucking mountain uh, that, man. I, so so I I really wanted to go to this show because I used to live in Portland and uh, I had some really good friends at the show, uh, some of my really good Maine friends, 
this is a really good, and, and I heard from my friend, and he and he was excited, you know, and he's not dissecting shit like we are all the time, you know what I mean? Uh, but he's a fan, and yeah, he loved this show, and yeah, this is a really good first set. I mean, yeah, is is there anything on the playlist? Eh, you know, no, nah, there's not. But man, for the people in attendance, and and Neil, I, I you, you kind of said this, but I think maybe maybe it could be be made even stronger. You know, this is a really really fun fun set to be out i bet you know what i mean just great song after great song you know that's i'll take that you know what i mean i'm not gonna this isn't the type of set that disappoints me right right uh this is this is this is really good stuff so yeah wish i could have been there but unfortunately you are incapable of leaving the state of colorado uh, you know, just it's conditions, not, let's, hey, let's, conditions let's in not, terms of his parole. Let's not talk not. about my, yeah, let's not talk about my legal situation. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I can't comment while, uh, you know, until proceedings have, have, you know, wrapped up. So I'm going legal matters, man. No comment. Yeah. yeah. Shit went down on 98 fish summer tour, man. <laughs> Ramifications still being felt. Yeah. Lifelong. Yeah. Yeah. Just say no. <laughs> to what? <laughs> So set two, all right, this is where it gets interesting. And, I mean, you've got a couple different ways you can go on this one because this is a divisive set. Oh, we're about to go a couple different ways here, I think. Yeah, we are about to. <laughs> this is where we diverge. Um, friendships will be lost today. We all love the um, MT, right? Yeah, so set two, uh, Feel It Now opener, Dr. Fuck Darkness yeah. into Hot Tea. Fuck no. And then you get a 726 and a Madavon. And an encore of Don't Do It. So again, Feel It Now set to opener. I think that always crushes. I've said it a million times. Can't really say it anymore. Dr. Darkness in the second set. Ryan pointed to that. Weird. But here it is. <laughs> and then here it get, is anyway. <laughs> yeah, here it is anyway. And then you get Hot Tea. So this Hot Tea is the first kind of super divisive jam of this conversation, I guess. It's the it, yellow, some would yellow, say, and, yellow and silver dress yeah. of jams. So, some would say <laughs> some would say it's the Legend Valley creatures of 2023. Some would say that. That's what no, I was no, no. It, I wouldn't give it. I would not give it that. And no. I would not give it that <laughs> credit either. No, best hot tea since Aspen. I mean, okay, yeah. No controversy there. It's so in this hot tea you get a beautiful jam that I think is absolutely gorgeous, and when you kind of set aside the bliss jams that goose has played over the course of their career this is one of the better bliss jams that they've played does it make it one of the better hot tea jams that they've played yes does it make it one of the better jams they've ever played this year no No, i don't necessarily think so but it's a cool jam it's really good it's it's up there for me it's like my top 20 jams of the year and i enjoy it the hell out of it what I find really interesting is that the jam that follows this is very, very good. And I don't think enough people have listened to that. There's a lot of hype around this hot tea jam, but the jam that comes after in this Madavan is awesome. And it is so cool and so interesting. It is an homage to breathe by Pink Floyd. And then somewhere along the way in that kind of two chord jam it sounds like down by the river by neil young and it's awesome it's it's just great and was so much fun live to have seen and maybe this is attendance bias speaking but i think that one is also one of the cooler metabons of the year you look back at 
the Madavans that have been played, there haven't been many barn burners, but you look at the Warfield Madavan, right? Harry Hood. So like that is definitely like a Harry Hood jam. This one you get like the Pink Floyd Breathe jam. And like if you like Pink Floyd and you don't like this Madavan, I don't know what to say to you. Like you're just And who does uh Harry Hood? Who's that? Uh I think that's the ominous seapots. Ah. Ah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. He's kidding. It's disco biscuits. <laughs> this 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 set is really interesting uh for a lot of reasons. You know, you get you get this amazing hot tea, but also, you know, Doctor Darkness as the second song of the second set is really, really bizarre placement to me. You know, like it just I, I don't I don't get it. You know, I, I I don't I don't understand the thought process behind putting it there. You know, we talked about before how this is very much a um this is very much a first set song and early, I, I think early it, first set. Yeah. Right? Like it, 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 it belongs in that slot. It should be there. Uh and so it's weird to see it happen uh in, in this slot. Uh but you know it did and you know it led to this hot tea. It was excellent. Uh, dare I say it? Um, but you know, interesting. Happy to see Hot Tea doing stuff. Uh, you know, definitely was a little bit worried when when the tea did start. Um, but you know, the, this ended up being an excellent, excellent set. Uh, so got got no complaints there. Yeah, I mean, this is a good show. Um... I agree with everything that you said about Dr. Darkness. Uh, that's, I think that's the the clear thing that would jump out to anybody looking for anything to, to kind of critique, but yeah, I mean, you know, great tea jam, you know, nice, interesting Madivan. I, I'm not quite as high on it as, as Neil is, but, uh, but it's cool. Uh, don't do it encore. That's cool. I feel like overall, this is this is a really strong show, especially on paper. I think, I think you throw one more like big jam in that first set, and and this show would really jump up the rankings. Yeah, uh, agreed. Was that the sound of the show jumping up the rankings? I, th- I think that so. was. I think that uh, was an big, automatic. That was I a think big. That was it. Big truck. Well, big that was the big dump truck. There's, there's a lot happening uh, out there in, in small town Colorado tonight. Yeah. yeah, a lot of big trucks. Everybody wants a big truck out here. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I, I believe it's time to head to, to the big show of big shows. All right. So moving down to New York very quickly um, from Maine on July 7th, we got the big show of the summer so far, the headlining show at uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center or SPAC in Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, so without further ado, uh Set one, Silver Rising opener, followed by the California Magic in the two slot we've been seeing a lot of. Uh, that was... That, that's uh, the two-hole, D? Okay, sounds good. Two-hole. Um, <laughs> you know, the second hole, secondary hole, whatever you want to call Thank it. You. It's another hole. Yeah. Um, then Animal, Red Bird, and an SOS. Um yeah, I thought, you know, well, Ryan was at this show. He was, you know, might have, they might have asked where Ryan was during the show, but that we don't care about that. That's, Literally no, no one, one cares. cares. Um, but I thought after, yeah, you got a 
two two fitting sort of opening tracks. Cali Magic has been sliding into that two hole, as Ryan likes to say. And um, <laughs> Animal, this was kind of the first bigger one we, we've seen, uh, kind of standing alone outside of this the the, the set closing spot that it had sort of uh, sat in for a couple of festival sets and other uh, other appearances. Great Redbird too, huge SOS closer. Yeah, solid solid set. I thought very, very strong um, song selection and well executed. I thought the Redbird had a lot, nice little mustard on it too. I like that one a lot. Mustard. So the one thing yeah. I want to say about this set is that whole grain actually. It it is it is greater than what it looks like on paper. Yeah, and maybe this is attendance bias. And probably yes, I I will accept those <laughs> accusations. I guess because I was there. As he leads in with it. Yeah. And the band did something different at this show. And I, I think that's indisputable. They they rose to the occasion. They absolutely did. Of sounding bigger and sounding like a shed band. And they had never had an opportunity to play in something like this before. I think you can pick out a few venues and say, yeah, they did this and like, you know, you're wrong. And, but like, there was nothing with the gravity of what they were doing in this moment. This was important for so many people, but not just the people on the stage. It was important for the people in the crew. It was important for the people in the management. And they pulled this off in impressive fashion. Let's think and, of my merch portfolio. Like this was important for that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But what I'm trying to say is that it was bigger than the set list and it was bigger than the jams here what happened was a truly amazing set in terms of flow and energy and that sets it apart from kind of nitpicking the set list and things that we do this sounded perfect in the moment they couldn't have done it any better could they have like dropped a big jam in here and made it a better set on re-listen maybe but I think what they did with the opportunity here in this set and in the second set transcends all of that. It, it just was great. It's a testament to all of the things they have done leading up to this moment. They executed the thing. They, they were put in the position to you know, hit the home run, and they all hit the home run all at the same time. They just did it right. And that makes me love this band and this crew so much. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well said. I mean, show of the summer. This is yep. this is the show of the summer, yeah. and you can tell. You know, I think maybe especially when you look at set two. I mean, you can tell that yeah, that that's exactly what they were doing. They were they were just coming out swinging, and they were, you know, this is professional execution, you know, of your material, and it's like you know what you know what you do best, you know what people want the most. Yeah. And, 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 and you go out and you do it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is top stuff and you're right. I mean, I, now we'll get into set two and then we will absolutely start talking about some jams. So, you know, this show w was not without jams as a whole. Yeah. And so, yeah, well said. And, I, I, and so I was being a little glib, you know, encouraging the value of my merch portfolio to rise. Uh, <laughs> of course I do want that to happen. Uh, approaching like this show, like everything that Neil said, everything that that B, that Brian Jai Gu said, 
absolutely accurate. These guys stepped up to the plate and, and, and stepped up to the moment, really, as, as a moment in their band's history and progression and development and all those sorts of things. Hitting it from uh, that merch perspective that I, I, I kind of referred to, there were, I believe, 700, 700 uh, two, vari- two different variant posters printed for this event. Uh, and just from my anecdotal, like perusing of the websites that these things like, uh, remarket on, this is easily one of the most sought after prints of the summer. So it's not only like they printed the most of them, but it's a print that everybody is going after because I think what a lot of you guys said, like people had so much connection to the band, the band had so much connection to the fans and, and, and that's how people remember these things. That's how they commemorate these things is, is by owning a little piece of what happened that night, you know, through that more, uh, merch portal, whether it's a shirt or a, a, a poster or whatever it happens to be. Damn it. I, like didn't, I didn't get a print. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It was, I usually, it was like, yeah, I usually try to like get, Red Rocks, I usually try like to Red get Rocks, five or six, uh, from these big shows, you know, cause you mean? never know. Yeah. You might want to trade. Yeah. 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 Big money on eBay. I yeah. mean, you might want to yeah. trade, rip somebody uh, off. Um, supply and well, demand, yeah. Kev. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. He gets the, the good ones. Everybody, uh, that was well said. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, moving on to set two, which was the banger. Another, yeah big uh set opening empress we've seen it a couple times this year it followed by another david gray please forgive me following on with b's comment earlier about the bigger shows and then we get the monster thatch this old sea monster um this old sea into drip field to close um just uh yeah once again a very well put together set um empress Surprisingly, I like when it came back in Louisville and then the Eugene set opening uh, one as well. It's just it's, it's an odd opener, but it, I think it really works well for the rest of the, the set. It sort of gets the crowd back into it. David Gray, um, good cover. And then, yeah, I listened to the Thatch again today, too. It's just it's pretty monstrous. Uh, you could tell that was that was like another momentary song. Yeah, this old C was a good cool down. And then you end it with Dripfield, which has been the song of the last year pretty much for them in some ways too so what do we think be so yeah i mean this is this is a hot set um no doubt about it uh second best empress of the summer third best empress of the year oh i don't know everybody's gonna like that uh well what's what's the best empress of the summer then I man, I think I just think resonance, resonance is one. You think? Yeah, I just think it's yeah, it's it's Umfress. it's certainly my favorite. Mm. Umfress. It's certainly my favorite. Yeah, it's debatable. It's it's so it's good. It's and that's okay it, that so it is good. debatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, please forgive me. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like you like you said, D, and and like I said earlier, I mean, yeah, they 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 tend to bring this out at big shows. Um, it's a good, it's a good cover. I like it. I like it. No, no big problem there, especially when the rest of the set is so hot, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the goat thatch, right? So, um, that's just another, another, yeah, another track to, to strengthen this set in this show. Um, you know, another, you know, no jammer, uh, this will see, but obviously a song that is special to the band and to the fans. Dripfield to close it out. Factory Fiction. Exactly. I, 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 I mean, this this Factory Fiction, uh, it's not 
it's not necessarily a jam of the year material, but I really liked some of the things they did in this factory fiction that they haven't yeah. done before. Just some of the kind of subtle changes and uh, how they hit that, like the last verse uh, or the last line of, of the chorus, I should say, before they went to the jam. They kind of, a little bit of a pause, slowed things down, and then really took their time uh, before launching into the jam. I just, I really, I really, really liked some of those subtle changes. Uh, I think it, I think it, it, it made the, it, it made it so much stronger. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this, it, it doesn't mean as much with, with factory fiction as with some other songs, but, uh, this could also be my favorite factory fiction that they've ever played. I mean, it's, Oh, whoa, whoa. yeah. I, I'm going to back you up on that. Like I, I, I think and I'm done. I'm done. Like, <laughs> he drops the mic. That that factory fiction, if it's not, it's uh, well, you have to think back to Bingo Tour, right? Yeah, the Bingo Tour factory fiction is an iconic jam in Goose's catalog, in their history. This one, I think, is the only one I have heard that rises up to that. It doesn't have the peaks of like some other factory fictions, but this factory fiction does something different. And I really, really liked it. It's the first time it didn't feel like straight type one factory fiction going all the way through. And like, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that is my feeling on factory fiction. So if I'm going to look at factory fictions over the course of Goose's career, there have been two really huge ones. And it is the factory fiction that they played at Bingo. And there is this one. And I realized the gravity of what I'm saying, because there's a factory fiction over there somewhere in Taboos that probably folks would want to talk about. You also want to talk about Westville, I'm sure. But and Fred and whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Fred doesn't really enter that conversation, I think. But the, how, these mu- how much, Neil, the how much of the gravity of the moment and the energy of the moment, how much does that play into... Because you were there, right? I was there. Well, here's the interesting thing about my attendance bias for the second set. Is. But I'm I'm asking a serious question, not not like asking you to, to attendance bias this or anything, but yep. just like in that moment, like when they when that riff started playing, like that had to have been yeah, like it had to have been a vibe like no other. Yeah, like I mean, I I felt like I saw it coming when they started playing it. I was like, well, actually, I knew they were playing it because somebody told me what the sound check was. Uh, oh. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so like it wasn't like a big surprise moment. And I'm not one of those people, and I've said it a bunch like on this podcast, that gets excited about factory fiction. Like, oh, it's like, you know, this really big deal. This is not like the dead busting out St. Stephen, you know, when they did. It's, it's not the same kind of vibe. So it's different. And But I do think that the this song is a very good song, and I think the jam can be really, really awesome. And I think in this particular case, it was there's a whole lot to say about this show and we can talk about it for forever. And like, I don't want to get stuck in this factory fiction thing, but you think about the thatch they played at this show. I think this thatch actually shows what they can do with thatch that they have not yet done, which is drop it into a totally weird type two space that does things that they've never done with it before. That has me really excited about thatches from the future. And I don't want to draw this comparison, but I think you might see where this is going, but there are other bands out there that have a song that has like a very, very strong vibe to it. 
and then it has a very distinct drop into a jam section that they will absolutely ride out forever and it's because does it also start with a t what does it also start with a t yeah it also starts with a t and i'm gonna leave it at that yeah and and that is what they showed in this show was that tweezer or jesus i did it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like that that might be that song and uh and yeah i mean they did it in the show it just felt so big everything felt so huge in the set it was bigger than the sum of its parts and you think about the empress you think about the thatch but this thatch really does show where i think thatch is going Thatch is over being kind of this type one run through of the song and it's like funky and everybody dances it's more than that and it's capable of so much more so neil you and i talked about this uh, you know, after the show, but having been at both Goosemas at Mohegan and this back show, they're both kind of significant shows for the band, you know, largest show to date, leveling up to, you know, Goosemas at Mohegan was their first arena show ever. This was their first shed, you know, headlining this kind of size, you know, largest show to date, whatever. And the Mohegan show, you know, it was my for first perspective, show. Ryan, but, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but just for yes. perspective, like Dave played that same spot two weeks later, Dave Matthews. Dead and Code played it, you know, a few weeks earlier. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, I don't think we're overstating like the significance of them playing that venue, Correct. filling that venue the way, the way that we've been. Sorry, yeah. man. Continue on. Yeah. And, and for people who haven't been. And Crowning Crows yeah, a few nights earlier. Exactly. And, and for people who haven't been to SPAC, um, you know, Goose sold around 12,000 tickets, which the capacity of the venue is around 25. Um, but the majority of that is like once you get past a certain number, like you're not seeing the stage. Like if you're on the SPAC lawn back more than like two rows, you can't see the stage. If you and know so Chicago, it's, yeah. it's like being at Ravinia if you can't see the band. Sorry. Thank you, like Thank you to the or, Chicago folk. Yeah, two or three that. people are going to get that, man. Right. And so there were a lot of people there, you know, filling up. Like, if you look behind, uh, you were in the, you know, I was in the pavilion, like, looking behind me, looking at how full the lawn looked, you know, and there's a full, like, you know, the lawn is sloped, and then there's a flat area at the top where you really can't see the stage, uh, like, beyond just being on the regular lawn, uh, which, you know, wasn't very full for Goose. But it's, it's so crazy that they had 12,000 people there, you know, that that's, that's unbelievable for this band. But as I was saying, Mohegan felt like a going into that show, it's will their sound translate to an arena setting? You know, will they be able to fill the space? SPAC felt like a fuck. Yeah. We know they're going to crush this. We know it's going to be there. This is a celebration of the fact that they've made it this far. And you know, that we know that they're going to be back at SPAC next year, two years from now, whatever, for multiple nights, you know, filling the venue like that. And it's just it, it, the energy in the room the whole night was just incredible. You know, we've talked about a lot, like a lot of the shows and a lot of markets, a lot of the bigger shows that felt like there's a lot of people seeing their first Goose show. SPAC felt like it was the opposite of that. You know, everybody knew the music, knew the band. They were there to celebrate the fact that Goose was playing SPAC for the first time. And it was unbelievable. I'm so grateful that I was able to be there for that moment. You know, like this was like, you know, a week and a half before the show. My parents were like, wait, like, you know, they're they're playing it's back. Like, why aren't we going to SPAC? I was like, 
I don't know, like just, you know, I, I didn't have any plans to, they were like, okay, we're going to SPAC. I was like, all right. You know? And so, so we went to SPAC and I'm, I'm so happy, you know, that, that we were able to go to that. Uh, and I was able to be there, you know, seeing all the people like, you know, you, Neil, Brendan, Becca, uh, you know, shout out to, to Dean as well. Gustavan trivia, um, just all, all the people that were there, it just felt like, you know, it felt like a peak moment for the band. And also, you know, P you, you know, we saw Peter's Instagram post talking about seeing fish there 10 years before and seeing a ton of other shows at SPAC or like being on the lawn and how special it was for them headlining that stage. And so there's also the sense of familiarity for the band, which we've talked about in our group as well. And I think we mentioned on the day after show, um, but you know, some of these other big venues they've played, they're just like, you know, random big venues that the band has never played before. The band hasn't seen a ton of shows at, but this is, they've all seen shows at SPAC. You know, the final Vasudo show exactly 10 years earlier was a fish after show uh, for SPAC. You know, they, these guys have seen shows at this venue for a very, very long time. And so then you just flip it and they're suddenly on the stage headlining SPAC it just must be incredible for them. And so you can feel that you could feel that comfort level from the band. Uh, and it was just, it was amazing. Uh, you know, let alone the amazing jams that happened in Empress and Thatch. Looking back on it, it's just a, it was, it was an incredible experience. I think again, it transcends the set list. They knew they were going to crush it. Yeah. That is like the, the thing that you could feel the confidence from the band. Nobody seemed scared or nervous. They had been just lining this up for a long time, and which is you know the point I was trying to make earlier that they they knew they were going to blow this out of the water, and they absolutely did. So did it need you know a jam of the year to make this show one of the best shows ever? No, but it it is one of the best shows they've ever played. It's yeah. that simple. Amen. So. Anyone uh, anyone got anything else to add or? No, we fluffed the shit out of this show. All right, let's yeah, go. We really, <laughs> let's go. It, it deserves it too. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, and then and we're know, not going to we, stop, and we're going to continue to and fluff then, it. You know, the next one we don't need to. We it's almost hard to, but we have. Right. To. It's just it's it's it's. So we complete this the tour. Yeah, it's like, it's more of an afterthought. You know, levitate, echo, turn clouds, arrow, no rain, all I need, Arcadia. You know, pretty uh, you know, solid festival set again, but like. Feels weird coming the day after SPAC, you know, like not, not anything I'm going to go back to except for, you know, the, the no rain's pretty cool. Uh, nice little magic school bus tease, uh, from Rick and Peter towards the end there. Um, but outside of that, you know, not like, not, not much I'm going to go back to, but it, you know, it's, it's similar to how spring tour, you know, it really felt like the, the tour closer was in San Francisco and then they played the San Diego show after, um, that this was like, a you know, we're going to play one more for you. Like, the, it's the encore uh, to the summer tour, if you An will. An encore show. If you will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not much to say about the show. I think there is something that really was special about this show, which was the fact that they announced the two Boston shows that they're playing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. Boston. Uh, which is That's fucking awesome. great for me. I'm really excited about that. I've been asleep in my own bed. I'm actually going to go to work the day after the first show. I mean, like I'm doing the whole thing without like using paid time off. I'm not traveling. I'm stoked. So it's uh that's the one thing I have to say about levitate. Yeah. <laughs> for that. 
There you go. You know, Mr. Uh, you know, all of you are like, oh, Goose plays in my hometown where I live. Like, uh, must be nice. Now, you know, you live in Canada. Yeah, yeah so. I know. It's so. I mean, we, we got to go with the fancy goose update. Toronto. Well, it, see, but we have an update, but the tour's not over. There's one more show, and I think it's just an update. Yeah. What? What? What's the update? What? What you got there, B? Well, so we're. Uh, where where yeah. do you rank right now? So well, hold on a second. So, <laughs> so yeah, one show left. One. Right. And everything it's, on the uh, line. And it's Newport. Uh, the Jazz Fest? It's not going to be open. easy. It's not going to be easy. I actually, I I think because Newport is the last show and there wasn't just like another show after SPAC and Levitate, I think I think actually kind of gives Neil an advantage here. Uh, but right now, Jerry Freak, top of the heap, sitting on 314, Neil one point behind. Yeah, we had a we've had a we've had some close some close. Neil's finishes. really been Neil's, Neil's really been off his game uh, last couple tours summer tour. You know, Here I mean, another not, one not not as off his game as as one Jive Goose. You know, former you know like a champion or whatever. Like you know, Sitting he's right now like, hey, hey, forty points out of first place. Right there in the top five, homie. You're, See, you're 40 points five. out of first place. He, he's traded in his, his goose so, gold well, hold for, on. for hold pickle, on pickleball me, glory. Pickleball let me respond <laughs> to these, let me respond pickleball to these false allegations. Pickleball trinkets. Do it. So, okay, let me just let me give you the top five real quick. Who's in third? Yeah. So Jerry Freak, 314. Neil, 313. Ryan Storm from Toronto, 290. <laughs> Andrew O, 281, Jive Goose, 276. So that's your top five. So here's the important thing. We got, we're keeping it in-house. You know what I mean? We got three of of the top five, uh, you know, from the pod. So Burns Within is going to hit. So good work. Good work by most of us. You know what I mean? (laughs) D's sitting pretty at a nice uh, uh, 193. Hey, I forgot the first couple shows, right? Hey, Ryan, why do we even need to talk about numbers? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, so, we're not about the numbers. Let me, one, just one thing, just now to respond to uh, Ryan, I don't know how Ryan's even going to talk any shit to me about Fancy Goose, but I'm, I mean, I'm currently being uh, you, so. I'm actually, I'm actually really interested in, uh, in my finish here, even though I don't have a shot at the win, uh, because if 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 I do if I, I'm in fifth place right now, one show left, so I should I think I've got a top ten pretty well secured here. <laughs> Only player in Fancy Goose history, <laughs> top ten finish in every competition. So three years. So, I mean, look, it's Has Neil it always finished feels good the top to. Uh, I don't want to give my acceptance speech right now. But, <laughs> uh, it always feels good to kind of be at the top of the game in that respect, where like just consistency. You know what I mean? Just the mental fortitude, tour after tour after tour, day in day out, just always just grinding, grinding it out, yeah. always finishing up there. So Neil, know? when have, when have you finished outside the top ten? That one last time, tour. yeah. I think I did Slacker. finish outside the top ten last tour. Slacker. You know, should happen. It's tough. It's tough. You can't you can't be hard on Neil on that because literally. 
almost no one can do it like over and over and over <laughs> so so this banter has uh taken precedence uh well is covered or levitate review um, yes. Yeah. No, we're done with levitate. <laughs> we talked about levitate. It was it was discussed. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Neil, I'm I'm hoping you can uh, you can pull out the win here. You know, um, Let's see, man, the the Jerry Freak guy. I don't know who he is. Like we don't know this person. But he, he's been. I you know, you had like a you had like a twenty point lead on him at one point, and then you just biffed it. I did not biff it. I, I think that guy well. has been killing it. Yeah. It's a service to him to say that I biffed it. Like this guy has been picking songs. Some of these fusty sets, like Animal, back to back, or you know, two days apart, yeah. or whatever. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Come on. Yeah, he's he's who's he's gonna who's it. gonna choose those songs? I'm pretty sure Jerry Jerry Freak five four three did choose those yeah. songs. So it might be <laughs> like a pseudonym for Jeffrey Ravelo. I don't know. That'd be uh, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might have some inside info. I, I feel all. like we, I feel like we have a better idea of what they're going to plan on any given night than Jeff does. Yeah, I think that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, um, Jeff, cash and checks. Where, sorry, where, where, where'd you set me up tonight, man? <laughs> Perfect. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, with with Newport uh, on the 29th, you know what's going to happen. Very excited to have uh, the Caruso family on the day after show for that one. Awesome. That's going to be a lovely episode. Uh, and by Caruso family, I mean three of them. You know, John will be at the festival uh, on the 30th, so he won't be there. But, you know, we're going to hear little Sadie Caruso's take on her first Goose show. Sick. That's going to be that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Hope, hopefully they get uh, she gets her first Shama a lot, a lot sooner than her mom did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Let's, All right. Let's hope Shama's not like on the written set list. <laughs> exactly. Pretty sure that's not going to show up at a uh, at Newport. But we'll listen, see. anything can happen. Um, but I believe that that's our fantasy goose wrap up, and I believe it is that time. Everybody's favorite moment of the pod. It's time to dip into the sack. Sack time. I'd like to lead us off here uh, with a question that seems to be directed at at B uh, from uh, you know. The guy whose fault everything is uh, at 902 Vickers. Vickers. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Vickers. Uh, question for Mailsack. I've heard of this What's guy. the better sport? <laughs> <laughs> What's the better sport? Frisbee golf or pickleball? Please explain. Well, I mean, look, uh, I think that I think that this is a no brainer. I think that the answer is pickleball and, and it's and it's it's the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, you know, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's on the rise. It's unstoppable. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, I, I can tell you firsthand, I was just, look, I was just at a tournament last weekend, uh, picked up a couple medals, uh, got the bronze and mixed and the, and the silver in, in men's top division. So I can tell you that, you know, the, the popularity is out there. It's still growing, you know, lots of people there. We had, uh, you know, it was great. We had referees at this tournament. We had we had people watching the match, the final matches. So, um, yeah. What was the other sport he said, or was it frisbee golf? Oh, frisbee golf. Yeah, yeah. I actually have never done that. So that's um, the sport that most of the band plays. Be. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, disc- look, hey, hey, look, Peter. Peter's into the pickleball. We all know he's the most athletic of the group. We all know. Have yeah. you, did hey, you look, shake Rick's hand, man? I, uh, in Boulder, 
Rick was a baller. Rick Holy was a baller Jesus. in high school. Uh, we've heard the stories, uh, some legendary stuff there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I used to play frisbee like when I was a kid, but uh, but I I do sports. Rough stuff. <laughs> Pickleball's a sport. Oh, oh yeah, dude. For oh, the yeah. for the for the olds, you know. It, no, they gotta have something no. See, you're, now you're just now you're just kind of showing me. Your... Would you like to dip into the sack here? I mean, there aren't many questions here, but uh, yeah, yeah, just respond to the comments. There's some good ones. I mean, there's some good comments in here. Um, I don't know what I want to respond to here. Well, here we go. How about this one? Um, was from uh, at Back Easy Jim. I think oh, he's yeah. also on Mastodon. See? Um, <laughs> was Kreischer the catalyst that propelled them through the rest of the summer? That might be true. It, it could mean, be. I mean, there was a moment, there was an inciting moment that caused this band to absolutely blast off from Chicago through Louisville, right? So, yes, I, maybe that's true. I don't know. It's hard to say. You might have to ask somebody in the band. Um, and then, actually, this one I do want to dig into. Will Rick ever move back to the PRS as his primary guitar? And I've been hearing a lot of this stuff about how people don't like Rick's tone now with the new guitar, yeah, which is the, it, the custom De Luis guitar that okay. he got in San Francisco versus the, the PRS Hollow Body 2 that he used to play. I strongly disagree. Like, yeah, I, I think you yeah. all are wrong. It sounds, sounds amazing. Way better. The, sounds the way new better. guitar sounds great. And I, I've touched on this in the podcast a bunch. And I think Rick is learning how to wrestle with that instrument. And he is winning that battle and to some degree or another, it's going to take some time for him to learn how to kind of coax the feedback out of that instrument when it is appropriate. And I think he's doing that. And I, I think this thing sounds great. I, I, I don't understand this criticism of the guitar. Like it sounds awesome to me. It's different. And sometimes that'll just cause people to be like, Oh, I don't like it. That's, that's it. Sometimes that's enough. People people do be like that. Fickle people do be like that. Yeah. Sometimes people on the internet also just like say negative shit. You know what yes. I mean? And it, you yeah. don't really know why. Yeah. Well, here's the weird thing. It's like people I respect that like say these things and like. Huh. Who? Name names. Uh, I'm not naming names. But there are people who say like. I really don't enjoy Rick's tone now with the new guitar. And like, I, I strongly disagree. I think it's a tough instrument to play. I think it sounds different than his last instrument. And um, he's, he's going to get better at it. And he's killing it now. Yep. Amen. Uh, then uh, follow up question. How did the Jake and Joel sit and compare to David Shaw? Uh, That's well, a great question. Yeah, it's close, but. Yep. I would say not David Shaw. Um, no. And then the last question is: Many people are saying Peter will ditch the clavinet this fall. Any no, never, ever, and not possible. Don't. Thank you. I'm torn on this because, like, I really want to listen to Peter play the clavinet, but I do want to see Ryan's merch sales plummet. So <laughs> <laughs> that's wrong. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start uh, a piano tweet. Well, I don't think it's gonna have the same gravity, but. No, it, it probably I don't know. Won't. Is plummeting? I mean, is plummeting even a possibility here? I mean, <laughs> I think okay. there's like five sales of the bucket hats at this point. So, yeah. Five, right? 
Hey, if you like the the phrase clav tweet and you want to buy merch, this is the perfect <laughs> opportunity. You know, they they brought it up. And so for uh, bringing up bucket hats, what do you think a bingo bucket hat would be worth if somebody had it unworn in their merch collection, Ryan? Is is this Oh, uh, I'm sorry, were we talking about your bucket hat? Is this is this a personal, <laughs> this is a personal question, Kev? Are you trying to you're trying to Yo, survive in the community? What what about what shit, about bro. an unworn Ted cap? No, that the goose. Do you have it? Well, wait, wait, wait. I, very important question. Has it just been sitting in your closet, or is it wrapped in in a plastic Ziploc I, bag? I just, I just no, man. I, no, I display, I display, and I clean, and I dust. All right. Well, I think based on our current runtime uh, of this recording, seventeen uh, shows, we're doing fine. For seventeen shows, <laughs> listen, this yeah. has been a long, yeah, long episode. Let's um, uh yeah, let's only do about ten more mail sack items and then we'll call it quits. Yeah. I mean honestly, you know we've got it short um, tonight. Let, let, let's do I, I wanna highlight one more here. Uh in the sack. <laughs> let's wrap it well, up, just, guys. But one more. But one more. Well, I, I just feel like, you know, there there were ten ten responses and I feel like, you know, we didn't so Captain Incredible for, for the umpteenth time that we've mentioned him in this episode. Uh but Taylor Swift will finish a show in the soaking rain. Goose will also play through in the soaking rain. When are they going to collaborate already? The pod gets results. Somebody get Jack Antonoff on the horn. Send Homegirl to Goosemas or even Red Rocks. She can have a green room. I mean, that'd be interesting. Do any of you guys know Jack Antonoff? I, I don't. Because I feel like that's our first step in trying to make what, what, he, what, Jeff, what Captain Incredible wants to have happen. Well, I mean, there is yeah. a, a relationship between Goose and Jack Antonoff, but I mean, they, they have played with him on stage before. Ryan, can you ask Jeff if he knows Jack Antonoff? The bleachers, dude. Uh, I'm going to say no. Oh, we found something that Ryan doesn't know about. Here's um, the thing. This is amazing. So, I know. Uh, the only reason that Jeff is even putting this out in the universe is because he wants to go to more shows. And if Taylor Swift could be involved, then he'd be able to, you know, make the case for taking the whole family out and going to see more shows. He's under a lot of pressure right now, going to a lot of shows. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's concerns about, you know, rising, you know, airfare prices. This sounds like a uh, many people are saying sort of situation. <laughs> it, yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Kev. <laughs> I think uh, I think <laughs> and Taylor could actually do some cool stuff together. You know. All right. I sure well, hope that never happens. <laughs> is Rick okay. is Rick Materatonda the new John Mayer? All right. Well, let, let's leave it at that, Kev. I think that's a perfect place uh, to end off the episode. You know, this has been this has been long. Uh, we appreciate anyone who's listening. To, uh, you know, we heard in the last episode uh, that there were certain people who were offended at the fact that we said that no one was listening by the end of the episode. Uh, so if you are listening, it's a running love joke. You. And yeah, it's a running I joke. I, I, I don't mean to imply that that no one's listening. I, I'm just apologizing to anyone. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> that's all it is. Yes, you've made it. You know, th this might be our first episode that's actually gone over the three hour mark. I can't. I can't remember if we've actually done it before. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with the edits how this turns out. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it ironically, man. We covered a shit ton of shows, seventeen shows, man. We did, we did, and it's it's crazy that you know it, it feels weird 
to have this long without a big tour. You know, we've got Newport coming up at the end of the month. And then, you know, nothing until mid-September, you know, big fall tour. And then, and then Europe. Rocks. And then, you know, like, yeah. You know, provided that Kev doesn't get sick again this time, Fuck. all five of us are going to be in the same place for the first time ever <laughs> at Red Rocks, uh, which yeah. is going to be very exciting. Fuck yeah. You know, uh, we're, we're going to experience uh, two excellent nights uh, together, which is going to be awesome. But, you know, we're, we're still a couple of months away from that. Uh, yep. You know, some of us are going to see some fish shows uh, in the interim. Daniel uh, Donato shows. If yeah. you're and – and listen, uh, if you're still listening, yeah. next 10 next ten DMs to AAT Pod, get a free clap tweet shirt. So. <laughs> uh, Guaranteed it. No, but, <laughs> uh, you know, if you're still listening, uh, you know. Free Canadian to U.S. conversion. Play rates. Seekers in the first set. Um, all right. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of always almost there. It's always such a pleasure to get together all five of us, uh, and to get to cover a tour like this. I look forward to our next episode in, in October, which is crazy that it's, you know, going to be almost three months until our next, uh, big one, but you know, tune in the day after every show starting fall tour, you know, three thirty PM Eastern, the usual, it's going to be fun. You know, it's a, I like talking about goose with you guys. It's 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 a good time. My one regret is that we weren't able to talk about uh, our encounters with uh, Rick, Peter, and Jeff at the Arabolo shows in June. Some things are better left untold. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, enough. Epic. And, and, epic and, and, yeah, and for me, like the B wave, like he was a second grader. <laughs> <laughs> meeting his idol for the first time i mean that that was okay yeah that's enough we'll yeah. just keep it between us perfect anyone got anything else to add as we approach the four hour mark here i love you I love you guys love you guys too man love you Let's too all right on. well everybody enjoy the rest of your summer Good uh times. you know obviously as always let us know uh what you agree with what you disagree with your favorite moments uh, of the tour Tag us on social media at AAT Goose Pod. Uh, we might be on Mastodon. I'm not sure, but we're definitely on Threads. I tried, uh, man. So yeah, we're, we're on the <laughs> we're on, we're on the alternative platforms here. Uh, you know, some someone's out there. Uh, but we will see you all very very soon. Uh, enjoy the warm weather. Enjoy your summer. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. 
tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.